0: I will be done in earth, in this council, and in our hearts and minds as it is in heaven. This agenda I hold in my hand. Lord, give us the willingness to turn it over to you and expect for there to be your help, your guidance, and your blessing, and for there to be continued prosperity and peace Your blessing, God, which we cannot do without, I thank you right now for the fact that you have given us a glorious gospel that we hold to today that has transformed everything about our lives, and that is the fact that you were willing to die, and Lord, you were willing to be buried, but you didn't stay in the grave on that third day. You came from that grave and you give us the example of the beauty of ourselves once again coming out of a grave to live a life that is resurrected and different and changed and empowered for your name. Lord, I pray for every aspect of this meeting. And I thank you for this town and the town council members. Let your blessing be upon all of them and their family members. And God, we pray these things for your kingdom's sake and for your name to be glorified in that name. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Thank you, Don. Uh, roll call, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead? Here. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Here. Councilmember Brooks? Present. Councilmember Dietz? Here. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken? Do we have Mayor Pro Tem Bracken online? Not yet. Not yet? Okay.
3: Mayor Gray?
1: Here. Thank you. This meeting has been held in a connected meeting with the coordinates of Town Council electronic participation connected in hybrid meeting policy. Um, please rise to the Pledge of Allegiance.
4: the
5: of the United States of
4: America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation
6: under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: I'll open up with uh, public comments. Um, comments. Sorry, council comments. Council comments. Uh, you know, we had, had a great weekend. Hopefully, everyone had a great Father's Day weekend. We had a good car show. Um, <laughs> rain or shine. Yeah, rain or shine. But it got it got pretty nice there at the end. There, um, I just want to uh, thank you for everyone coming. It's uh, the good event we're having here uh like we always like the uh, public uh comments we have a big agenda and uh we'll move through it as uh as quickly and as and as efficiently as possible Uh, i also want to thank everyone for coming and and it's just um you know it's one of those things i want to i want to just uh thank everybody for coming here and then just let the joy and the peace and the patience and kindness the goodness the faithfulness and the gentleness of of uh of our town, show through and, uh, you know, when in doubt, empathy. Um, Councilmember Holland said. No comment tonight. Just want to give more time to all the people that are here. Thanks. Thank you. Councilmember Kavy.
7: Thank you, Mayor. Um, I do have a few comments. Um, you know, the one thing that I want to be very clear about here tonight is that nobody in the community, nobody on this council, Um, Nobody here, nobody at the last meeting was trying to ban the drag show. Nobody was trying to do that. So I want to be very clear about that. The concern that was emanating from the community was around whether these are age-appropriate shows. That's it. I would have this same concern even if it had absolutely nothing to do with the pride community. Um, so this is a concern based around our children and what is appropriate for them. And that's it, that's all. Nobody's trying to take away anybody's first amendment rights. Nobody's trying to ban the drag show. Nobody's trying to do any of that. At least certainly, personally, not from, from me. Um, secondarily, you know, if we're all going to somehow come together as a community it's really challenging when i get what i would term hate mail and i get called a bigot and i get called transphobic and i get called a fear monger um, all over just wanting to make sure we're doing age-appropriate shows i want to ensure everyone i have friends that are gay my uncle is black Um, I, I have, you know, I embrace every person in this community and my door is always open to anybody, but I can tell you, I do not appreciate getting that kind of email or, or having those things posted about me on social media. Um, it's not right. It's not fair. You guys don't know me. You want to get to know me? Please do. My door, like I said, is open to anybody in this community, but all this does is breed further divisiveness in this community. So I'd very much appreciate it if that, those types of comments stop. Um, you know, I came across a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of a, an interesting quote that I think is appropriate here, and I'm gonna read it to you. It says, our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe or do. Both are nonsense. It's nonsense. You don't have to compromise your convictions to be compassionate. And I'll give you an example. Most of us in here probably have children, right? Or grandchildren or nieces, nephews, whatever it is, right? I can tell you I have two children. I love them to death. Do I always agree with the choices they make? Absolutely not. (laughs) There are times I want to throttle my children. So the reason why I'm saying this is that doesn't mean I hate my kids. It doesn't mean I'm not tolerant, right? I don't have to agree with what they're doing, but I still love them. So, so what I wanna say is let's show some compassion towards one another, right? This is a wonderful community. I've seen this community come together time and time again in all kinds of different manners, whether it was COVID, whether it was, you know, we've had those, kids that were killed last year out on the frontage road, like we come together as a community and I don't wanna see this community torn down. However, I do absolutely agree that there should be age appropriate
8: shows, period. Thank you.
1: Thank you. <clears throat> Council LaFleur.
8: Yes, thank you, Mayor. I, again, just wanted to give a huge shout-out to the community for uh, the Possibilities Playground. And Marnie, I see you're here tonight, and uh, the Cast Rock Trails Foundation, as well as Arks and Rec, and all the donations. That event on the heels of our last meeting was so heartwarming, and uh, couldn't have made my heart uh, smile bigger. So thank you guys, again, for making that a uh, possibility here in our community. Secondly, I want to give a shout-out to the Police Youth Academy. Um, what a, an honor it is to be a part of that program. Uh, Jen and Paulina and O'Reilly have come together with uh, what their mission is called Hashtag Wingman. And it is about um, embracing allies and checking in uh, as peers, as these young kids in high school wanna look after one another and checking in on mental health and <laughs> making sure everybody feels included and especially inclusive. So great job to that program and our police department and Officer Scott Gilcepi, the, uh oversees it it's a big honor to be a part of and i'm proud of those kiddos very much thank you mayor
1: thank you max brooks
9: thank you mayor and uh thank you councilwoman cavey and councilwoman for more good comments i appreciate it uh yeah i have one thing um the last meeting we had discussed uh, some skyline ridgeline items uh, and we voted to um to go ahead and and exert some authority to ensure that that project uh, was was not going to we weren't going to allow any sort of uh, variance discussion on that. So I started thinking that there was a little bit of an inconsistency in my mind with you know with that but then also keeping the power with uh, with planning commission to make those skyline ridgeline uh, variances. Uh, So what I'd like to do is I'd like to motion staff uh, to. uh, just for a future Town Council agenda, uh, prepare a short memo detailing kind of the pros and cons of Skyline Ridgeline and whether the authority uh, to grant that should be with Planning Commission or perhaps uh, come here instead uh, to Town Council. Um,
1: yeah, second. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, first with Max Brooks, second with Laura Cavey, I think. Um, Further discussion i'd like to say that, that uh i don't mind it coming back to council i'd, I'd like to i like to hear what the planning commission has to say about it if there's been any issues in the past on it um you know i i i do like our citizen government and so uh i also want to just to hear more about it yep.
9: And, and, and to be fair, I just want to make sure this has nothing to do with any of the commissioners uh, past or present. I absolutely appreciate their service. So it isn't a personality issue. Um, and I'll save the rest of the discussion, I guess, for when we have this to come back. But, again, just a, just a, a way of being able to bring a memo for us to be able to discuss it as a yeah, planning commissioners. Yes. What did
1: I say? Yeah. Commissioners, period. Yeah. Planning commissioners. Thank you. We have a first and a second. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Mm-hmm. Council Member Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember KV? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Um, Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Is Mayor Pro Bracken on yet? Are you on Mayor Pro Bracken? We can't hear you. My uh, my vote is no okay thank you mayor gray yes motion passes 6, 2, one.
1: thank you
10: <coughs>
11: tim deets thank you i just would like to remind everybody since we don't have a july 4th council meeting on independence day we do have vet fest for veterans coming up on saturday july 8th if you're a veteran 11 to 5 p.m festival park come out and support veterans if you know pe- veterans in needs there's a lot of programs to be going on live music food trucks uh, all sorts of vendors for liquids and food i'll code it that way so it's for non-profit pavilion so vet fest july 8th at festival park and then i have a whole other thing is just has to do with public safety for our children our pride fest and the drag show coming up it is our responsibility as elected officials to protect the innocence of children. Thus, the reason we have other laws that says you can't join the military till you're 18, can't see certain movies, um, smoking, etc. Please keep it over 18. And if you were to capitulate to this, this one aspect, think
1: about that. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. <coughs>
12: yeah thank you mayor um you know i i, I just think that the can, can you hear me okay yes sir go ahead you can very good thank you so yeah i i, I just think the subject matter that's at hand is um it's it, it's been completely um unfortunate in the way that this has been presented in front of town council and um and and I think that you know we're going to we're going to have to address this in a, in a different way. And for me to be remote and and not be able to talk to this personally, um, I, I think I'm going to defer to a later time. But, um, but I, I'm not happy the way that, that this whole scenario is run out to town council. I'm not happy how. How the issue has been uh presented to us and and the content so um we'll we'll see we'll see how the how the rest of the our meeting goes and i just want that to be known that that anything that comes after this this uh you know this uh uh meeting agenda is going to be on tim Deese's desk and he's going to have to answer to what's happened and and the direction that it goes in so those are my comments thank you mayor
1: thank you moving on to proclamation smart irrigation month proclamation 2020-8 whereas water is a precious resource and essential to vital community and whereas the imperative resident is an imperative a resident become educated understand the importance of conserving water using water efficient products and maintaining practices at work and at home and wisely used all all water and daily activities and whereas castle rock residents have reduced their water consumption by more than 20 percent since 2006 and whereas a station statewide lead, we are we are a statewide wide leader in water conservation castle rock has committed to another 18 percent of reduced water consumption by 2055 and whereas castle rock water continues to minimize peak water use and reduce demands of infrastructure and whereas Appropriate irrigation technology combined with best practices can significantly improve water use efficiency and reduce runoff while achieving well-maintained grass, great spaces that are important to our community health and well-being. And whereas Castle Rock Water continues to offer water-wiser conservation and landscaping classes and support programs to maintain the entire website at crconserve.com devoted to conservation to promote smart water. During peak irrigation months, and whereas July is is the peak month for water usage for irrigation, and conservation is essential, therefore the Town Council of Castle Rock, State of Colorado, does hereby proclaim July 2023 a Smart Irrigation Month. Thank you. Number two, appointment 2023-5 appointments for Board of Building Appeals, Design Review Board, and Historic Preservation Board. The Board, the Building of Appeals, is in candidates to fill. A their current vacancy. The Historic Preservation Board and Planning Commission are recommending designated representatives the Design Review Board and Historic Preservation Board is recommending that a non-voting Historic Society Liaison interviewing panels recommend the appointments as outlined in the staff memo and if Council approves a motion to accept the recommendation for appointments will be accepted.
8: I move to approve the appointments.
1: Second. I have a first by Councilmember LaFleur, second by Councilmember Hollingshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember deets Yes. Mayor Pro Bracken?
1: Yes. Mayor Yes.
2: Motion passes unanimously.
1: Thank you. Moving on to unscheduled public appearances. This time is reserved for the members of the the public to make presentation to Council on items or issues that are, are not scheduled on the agenda and as general practices, the Council will not discuss or debate these items nor will Council make any decisions on items presented during this time, rather refer items to staff for follow-up, comments limited to three minutes per speaker, time is limited to 30 minutes total, residents will give given the opportunity in the order they, they signed up. Followed by non residents representing Castle Rock and businesses and then non residents' businesses outside of Castle Rock as time permits. Council will also accepting public comments submitted written online at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today to be included in public record. I have several people who will to speak. When I call your name, please approach the podium and speak in the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone callers by star three. And please state your name and your resident, a non resident, or business owner. You have three minutes to speak. Um, Again, we do have a lot of people tonight and we're, we always welcome that. Um, if you can keep your, your uh, time less than three minutes, it'll give other people to speak, time to speak. Uh, but, if you, but you are welcome to your, all your three minutes, absolutely. We will do 30 minutes now and then we will um, hopefully have time after the meeting if need be. Uh, first up, I have Della in Granado. Yes, Della.
13: Good evening. Um, I was here because I thought the um, drag show still needed some uh, more input reference. Um, Those who are um, trying to change municipal code, and I'm one of them, I would love to see the municipal code change where any child under 18 years old should not attend. And um, that's about all. That's short and sweet, and that's it. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you, Della. Sure.
1: Next, I have George Teal.
14: <laughs> Mayor and Council. I'm George Teal. I'm a resident of the Crystal Valley Ranch Interchange. Whoa, we almost had a Freudian slip there. I'm a resident of the Crystal Valley Ranch neighborhood and reside at 931 Eagle Stone Drive. And uh, uh, it is my current uh, honor and privilege to be one of your three Douglas County commissioners. Um, Obviously, what goes on at the Douglas County Fairgrounds is a topic of conversation. I think we heard that from several of you and you've heard it from several members of the public. One of the things, actually something to share with you is I heard actually from one of you in the last uh, couple of weeks that when we passed our uh, revised rules of regulations for the fairgrounds, that you didn't feel like you were communicated with. Hey, I apologize. I apologize and the only thing I could say in my own defense is I thought we were trying to tell everybody. What I would propose, friends and colleagues, this is the time for town and county to work together. This is the time for us to come together. There are things that have been said that based on our analysis on the board of county commissioners, guys, it's just not true. We can work together. We can make sure that we're on the same sheet of music. I would prefer to counsel, as one of your former colleagues, as a current colleague, that we come together, perhaps the mayor and I, county manager, town manager, county attorney, town attorney, informally meet, and we set the ground facts as we know them. Based, and we're ready to present. We've done several months of research that kind of informed how we changed the regulations of the fairgrounds. I think for us to make sure we're all on the same piece of music, will help this conversation that the community is going to have. We're, we're hearing the conversation just down the street at the, at the um, Miller building. I, I suspect you're going to have more of the conversation that go on tonight. Let's come together, let's work together. Let's make sure that we are working together for the betterment of all, whether town or county. That's all, actually, that's not all I have to say. You're gonna see me a couple more times uh, this evening, but that's all I have to say on this subject. Mayor, council, again, thank you for letting me speak. Uh, Good to be your neighbors.
1: Thank you, commissioner. Next, I have uh, Dana Bonham.
15: Hi there. Mayor Gray, Town Council members, thank you, uh, Laura Cavey and Tim Dietz for speaking with me on Saturday at the car show. I appreciate your attention, even on a community event like that. Let the record be clear that Commissioner George Teal and I might just agree on something. So um, I'm gonna echo what he said because I have been in contact with Laura Teal Uh, Today and have some information from her that I did not know But I'm speaking out for um, the protection of children at our county fairgrounds at our public buildings It's only right. It's only decent that we protect our children. They're our most valuable treasure more important than our water more important than our Our rock cliffs and all of those things you spoke about in the last meeting that I attended Our children are supposed to be innocent. They're supposed to grow up in a world where they have a right to start out innocent and naive, if you will, um, about the things of the world. And I saw the videos um, from the last Drag Queen show and there were very young children, um, very young, five-year-olds watching these shows, watching topless performers. And no, this was not a wardrobe malfunction. That is a ruse um, that the Castle Rock Pride wants to put out there. This was not a Janet Jackson event where it just all of a sudden came off and went back on. This was performing topless, standing before them topless. Let's Let's not kid ourselves about that. There were songs sung. The lyrics, I may be bad but I'm perfectly good at it. Sex is in the air, I don't care. I love the smell of it. Sticks and stones may break my bones but chains and whips excite me. This is for young children to hear. It's inappropriate. That's all we're saying. These grown people have a right to uh, enter into whatever lifestyle they want to to act out those fantasies in their own home if they want to. But we have rules, regulations, codes for public places where children aren't subjected to this. I couldn't walk in topless to my work. I'd be fired. I couldn't walk in topless to this place. It would be inappropriate. And so it's not just a matter of law, First Amendment law, Mr. Hyman, that we are discussing here. The White House might've allowed it, with their free the nipple campaign but we have other rights where we can put in place other codes that will not allow that to happen that's why you don't see us going to the grocery store topless and laura thomas oh, i have so much
1: more to say but i will email you all thank, thank you. you next i have deirdre christensen
16: Good evening, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Deidre Christensen, I'm a Meadows resident and I'm also the branch manager for HomeSmart, a real estate firm here in Castle Rock. It was brought to my attention by several of our agents um, that the new sign ordinance is really impeding on our open houses. Our agents are finding that their signs during their open houses are being taken down and tossed. And I guess I didn't realize that, And so I just wanted to bring it back up to council that maybe this can be considered um, again by you in regards to the town ordinance on signs in the roadways uh, announcing open houses. Our agents have lost hundreds of dollars in their signs being disposed of, and it impedes on our business. And I'd like to maybe at a future date, Work with council to maybe amend it to allow for real estate agents um, to be able to have their open house signs in a temporary fashion on the weekends without their signs being disposed of so that's all i have and hope that maybe this will be brought back up again at a later point in time thank you
1: thank you Jidra. peg Ellison. oh i didn't get that wrong
17: Uh, I just wanna thank everyone um, on the count- town council for your service to the city of Castle Rock. I am a 19 year resident in the Sapphire Point neighborhood. My name's Peg Ellison, and I'm here regarding the temporary signages as well. Um, I'm a, and I'm on beha- talking on behalf of all the realtors that do uh, business in Castle Rock. Um, the open house signs are, although we advertise on social media, most of the people that come to our open houses come because of the signs and so it's really impeding on our business it's a way we create other business it's a way to help sell our clients homes and so I would like to work with the Council to create maybe some guidelines and some rules Uh, like for example maybe they can only be out nine to five on certain days they have to be taken down right after Um, but I agree with Deidre that we need to, it would be nice to be able to have these open house signs and not have them disposed of. Um, I for one um, use the A-frame signs because I know there's been some discussion about the signs that go into the grounds. They can cause problems to sprinkler systems or other property damage. Uh, Maybe we have, Um, guidelines about the type of sign um, the hours um, but I'd like to work together with the Town Council to create some guidelines and Councilmember Carvey I believe you're my representative so I will be in touch uh, and maybe we can kind of brainstorm on how we can resolve this issue because those signs are expensive and it's really hard to create a, some excitement around a, a listing for an open house without those signs social media just doesn't do, doesn't do the do the trick uh thank you so much for your time
1: thank you peg next I have Gerald Anderson
18: It's my pleasure to be here. I'd like to make one quick comment about uh, two weeks ago. In the case where you have an overflow, I would make a recommendation that when you're calling people, do two people. In other words, the person on deck could get ready to come in because we had that problem of delay. Just a thought about that kind of situation. I'm encouraged to hear from the commissioner about uh, the idea of working together. It seems to me on the matter we were discussing two weeks ago, uh, we have three areas of concern. One is for you guys in terms of what happens inside the city of Castle Rock. Another for the commissioners is what happens out there. And I'd love to see us work on that on the county level. And then, of course, the third part is how the two interface with something like the, uh, the county uh, fairgrounds. Um, just re- reiterating a couple of the points that's that's been b- before us and, and I really appreciate uh, Laura your comments on this as well <clears throat> You know, you, we're hearing a lot here and I'm sure you're hearing a lot uh, through other channels about the various Opinions on this, but just to reiterate the point as, as I see it and I think a lot of people do That uh, in the first place. I mean the issue here is protecting children and uh, That's so important, so important that we're doing that. And uh, don't be discouraged or distracted by the First Amendment issues of freedom of speech, because this is not a freedom of speech issue. Obviously, as been underscored last time and is underscored uh, today, uh, this isn't about one uh, lifestyle versus another. It's not that at all. It's all about protecting children. And um, and then secondly, uh, about parental rights, there are areas where the state does set limits on, on uh, activities, so for instance, driving and uh, when you can uh, rent a car and different kinds, of purchase tobacco products and things like that. So yes, the government does get involved in setting uh, limitations on what happens on, a, uh, on that level. Um, but I've just summarized, say many, many residents in Castle Rock are very concerned and hope that you will be keeping in mind your calling as a town council. I know it's tough. I mean, uh, the risk that you face of people who disagree with your decisions, it's tough. I think of uh, the people that uh, signed the Declaration of Independence and the amount of uh, sacrifice that they had to make. I thank God that they were willing to make that. So please keep that in mind as as you continue to hear conversation here, outside. This is about the children. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Gerald. Joan Dedlani.
19: Good evening, council members. Um, My name is Joanne Dadlani. I have lived in Douglas County for the past 23 years and the last five in Castle Rock. As a high school teacher, I have dedicated my career to many of the children in this county as a substitute teacher and a tutor. My undergraduate degree is in teaching and I have a master's in counseling. I say this not to focus on myself, but to let you know I have a great deal of knowledge about the psychology and development of children and teens. Between my two college degrees, I have spent six years learning about child development and another 30 years using those skills as a mother and a teacher. I have spent thousands of hours in the classroom interacting with children of all ages. What I have learned and experienced is that children are not miniature adults. Their brains and their bodies are maturing as they age. This is why, for example, curriculum is tailored for each grade level. We teach advanced subjects that require reasoning and reasoning skills to high schoolers. We leave the basics to elementary age students. This is also why our society has ratings and restrictions on many of LISAC activities, and we've heard others speak of this thing as well. Um, The age of smoking, the age of when to send men and women to war, the age of sexual consent and so on. So it seems that both our education system and our society have always recognized that children are not miniature adults. We have always instituted rules to protect and guide citizens to age appropriate activities. We have always protected the innocence and the development of children. So what we are asking you to do is change your municipal code to put age restrictions on the type of entertainment that children in our community are allowed to see. This change will protect children from attending performances that the majority of people in our county view as containing adult sexual content we are asking you to vote in favor of protecting children this change in the municipal code does not prohibit free speech but rather puts guidelines in place of what children can and cannot see this is a common-sense approach to this divisive issue it protects free speech and protects children from age inappropriate sexual content in summary this event can still occur the right to free speech is still protected We are asking you to put on restrictions for age and to protect children Things I would like for you to consider when you make your final decision on this matter Is that children do not have the reasoning skills or maturity to process the content that is in this show? Society has always had a role in protecting children and we gave examples of that movie ratings Smoking, etc. So, we're not asking you to do something that is unreasonable or has not been done before. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. <clears throat> Brooke Bernstein.
20: Hi, my name is Brooke Bernstein. My pronouns are she, they. I have two transgender kids. I'm a volunteer for Castle Rock Pride and I'm a lawyer by profession. I moved here a little over a year ago and I can tell you last meeting I sat through the entire thing and I sat there with disbelief. I did not feel a kind room. I did not feel a welcoming community. I did not feel the gentleness that Councilmember Katie spoke about. I felt with Councilmember Dietz targeting the LGBT community by proposing something that would only apply to them—a restriction only applied to Pride Fest and not something else. It it was, it was bad enough, but he did so in secret, without speaking to the other members of the council. That I found shocking. And then, in addition, it's clear that he, basically, staged a show, a political show for his support. He had supporters who were there. Um, they knew his intentions in advance. They basically were able to stack. The comment period with people in support of him because they knew ahead of time and people who would be supportive or even just think and have a nice a, a, a basically public fair and open discourse with diverse opinions did not happen. Through his actions, he violated his public trust. He did not act with integrity, not with impartiality. He did not follow the proper channels. And in doing so, he he did not act in the best interest of the community. His proposal would have exposed the town to costly litigation His proposal, if acted on, would have exposed the town to highly negative national news and social media publicity, and the result would have been even more significant indirect monetary damages. People don't want to shop in, live in, work in, or move to towns and counties that have demonstrated they are intolerant of differences, that try to invoke laws or restrictions that violate the constitutional rights of targeted members of the community. I do want to thank all the council members who acted in accordance with their public trust obligations and who supported Castle Rocks and Douglas County's LGBTQIA community. So here's my challenge. You have to continue to do so. I'm not naive. This is not going to stop. We can see tonight, this is not going to stop. This has triggered, basically has triggered what you don't want with this community. Um, They will continue to talk about doing so for protecting the children, but they're using As the one person said last week, they're using children and protectors as a shield in order to push a political, social, and religious agenda on an entire community. Please, please be like you were at the last meeting. Please be supportive and act in accordance with your legal and ethical obligations. And I'm not gonna go into all the things about drag. People said that last, oops, sorry. People talked about that last week or two weeks ago. I'm just gonna say ditto to everything they say. I want that to be on record.
1: Thank you, Brooke. (laughs) Brian Fields.
21: I'm Brian Fields, a local father and pastor. I want to say first of all thank you to the council members for reminding us at the last meeting to show love, not hate. I think we all agree America as a nation uh, should be for all people, not just those who think and believe like us. Now, since we all agree that we need to show love, hopefully we can all agree it's not loving for grown men to dress in underwear, spread their legs in front of children so so that they can see the outline of their testicles and penis. It's not loving for grown men to physically touch children while performing sexually suggestive dances in their presence. It's not loving for grown men to take money from children, then shove it down their bras. It's not loving for grown men to show their fake breasts and nipples repeatedly in front of children. It's not loving for grown men to strip in front of children and sing to them about how whips and chains excite them. I know this is a divisive issue, uh, but honestly, it's a bit embarrassing that we've gotten to a point where citizens of this community have to unite together to stop this perversion. Uh, these are all things that have happened in the city of castle rock um, under the watch of the douglas county commissioners and the castle rock city council so so i think i can uh, say on behalf of many people here we'll stand shoulder to shoulder with anyone who wants to express our deeply held american values of love inclusion diversity and freedom but we want to be clear To anyone who supports the sexualization of children in the name of love, inclusion, diversity, and freedom, we'll go toe-to-toe. Grown men dressing as women, okay. Uh, People celebrating alternative sexual lifestyles, that is a freedom protected by the First Amendment. But no one has the freedom to sexualize children so city council members i'm asking for two things and you'll hear these things over and over one amend the city's municipal code to include language that defines and penalizes this type of behavior on all public properties Two, ensure that the perpetrators of these types of unloving actions are held accountable in the future now we all know everyone in this room knows and agrees that these things that have happened are wrong So I'm asking you to show courage and do what is within your power to stop them from happening again. I've read and heard correspondence from you and some of other uh, county commissioners saying we don't want to make the national news over this issue. I would take exception to that. I say put Castle Rock, Colorado on the front page of every news publication in this entire nation if that's what it takes to protect the innocence of our children. So please take action. Show us that you love the children of this community enough to protect them. Help keep Castle Rock a loving and affirming community for everyone, especially for children. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm going to get this last name wrong by Amy Winkler. Winkler?
10: Hi, good evening, and um, I want to thank all of you councilpersons for your patience these past couple of weeks. Um, Regardless of one's stance on this, I'm sure it hasn't been easy and may have taken some of you by surprise. It has me. I've enjoyed this community. I love Castle Rock. When it comes to the drag show, I realize that persons in our community feel as if though it's offensive, to describe what occurred. But what actually happened to me was a poor portrayal of women, me being a woman, they misgendered me, misappropriated my sex as by dressing like a sexual whore and taking money from people in the audience. How do I know this? I witnessed that. The second point is, while I appreciate the Castle Rock Pride's apology, It's stated that it was for a costume malfunction, and it was only one apology. Little kids do not know what a breast nipple is when it's on a costume, and I also get confused because drag performers prefer to use female pronouns, in which case that would actually make it a female nipple, not a prosthetic breast. This is not to be offensive, it's actually to be inclusive. If I were to take my top off and show my nipples as a woman, I am positive people in this room would be astounded, ashamed, and escort me out of this out of this room. This is about guarding the sanctity of children. They only have one time to be young and innocent. That's it. I would appreciate it if the town of Castle Rock were to consider looking at perhaps Parker's Codes ordinances, as well as Lone Tree ordinances. Both of them have on their books about lewdness and inappropriate behavior when it comes to lewdity and indecent exposure. The town of Castle Rock, I don't think has lewdness or indecent exposure. The other thing I would like to address is that the Douglas County commissioners had stated that this would be referencing sexually oriented business. In their definitions, when it comes to sexually oriented business, they are still thinking in a bi-gender world, female breasts, male genitalia. We're in 2023. As we know, there are multiple genders. There isn't just male and female. Regardless of what I think, it's about respect to the community as a whole. I would highly recommend updating those definitions to fit the 2023 year. They are from 1999 as reference. So, and I would like to also point out that the upcoming drag performer, I believe it's Shirley Dottie Blow, Anyhow, she calls people Christian neo-Nazis. Thank you. Thank you.
1: We have time for two more. John Anderson.
22: Good evening, Mr. Mayor, Council. How y'all doing? I just want to inform you that uh, I'm retired Commander John Anderson. I worked for the town of Castle Rock for over 40 years and I enforced the law. And some of those laws that we enforced were definitely uh, controversial to some, but I'm telling you what, police officers are not attorneys, but we still enforce the law. And I can tell you that I only lost one trial case in my entire 40 years. And attorneys tell you that what is here cannot be done, it's illegal, we will get sued, I want to share with you that our town, of Rock, backed us up on a case some 20 years ago where we got sued for $30 million. The police department and the town of Castle Rock did. We discussed that case many, many times and what we're going to do. The town attorney and other attorneys decided we we're going to fight it. We took it all the way to the United States Supreme Court, and we won. You've got to have standing, you've got to have foundation, you've got to have probable cause and belief. If you don't have that and take leadership, we're in trouble, big trouble. As a commander, i had done that for a long time. And I'm just going to share with you that I was at lunch with some of you not too long ago, and we were talking about this, and we, I, learned, I was surprised to learn that some of you did not know that the fairgrounds is within the city limits of Castle Rock. The voters put the town council in charge, to be in charge of the city of Castle Rock, as they do the police, as they do the fire. I put support and belief in the town of Castle Rock that they would protect our children. When I was a police officer, I protected many children, I protected everybody. I didn't care if they were Republican, Democrat, gay, or what, I never asked them, nor does any police officer. You do your duty. I'm asking you to do your duty, stand up, create a law that protects our children, and that's pretty much it. You're in charge. We work with the county. I agree with Commissioner Teal. You got to work together. We work with the sheriff's office. We worked with them many, many cases. And it's very powerful. But the buck stops with the town council. You. Protect our kids. Yes. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, John. Last, does Evelyn Dwyer?
23: Sure.
1: Sorry.
24: My name is Evyzer. I uh, live in Parker, and I'm here asking you to defend and protect the innocence of our children. Uh, it is as I look at all of you and our Board of County Commissioners, I don't envy the place that you're in. Because you are blindsided with, uh, with threats and pressure and uh, things that we tend not to do. And it's not a very present place to be in. But I'm asking you to draw a line in the sand. There have been people here who have very eloquently asked for the... Proactive line in the sand that I am confirming uh, is needed. Uh, what we do, or what I see, is um, is a push against you and then a reaction, and then another push against you, and a reaction. That is not the way to win. You have to decide what your line of the sand is gonna look like. The, there have been several eloquent uh, speakers who have mentioned what is needed, and and with a proactive approach, you will satisfy these people sitting here. Uh, We need to protect protect the innocence of our children above all. They are our treasure, they are our importance, and it is absolutely necessary that you take this. And, And God we trust, excellence, education, service, we're asking that of you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Evelyn. I do have four more speakers, and if we have time, at the end of the council meeting, we will address those speakers. Uh, moving on to town manager report uh, if you guys um, if you would need to leave and you can't stay um, yeah, that is fine we just need to uh, if you guys exit quietly so we can get on with the town managers report that'd be great again thanks for everybody for coming uh, we appreciate it David
25: good evening mayor and council um, got a lot on the agenda this evening so I'm just gonna hit some some quick calendar um, items Fourth uh, of July we are having a uh, Um, a large event up at the uh, uh, Philip S. Miller uh, Park. Uh, We've then got the only meeting in July, on July the 18th, on the first Tuesday in August, we are not having a council meeting, but we are having our law enforcement appreciation event up at the Miller Park, the national night out. It's a a great time to uh, show support for uh, Castle Rock Police Department. Then the meeting on the 15th, August the seventeenth, state of the town event for um, uh, the community uh, with Mayor Gray presiding there at the Cantrell School. We're going to have a budget open house um, on August the twenty-second. Your staff is very busy working on the twenty twenty-four recommended budget that we will be getting to you um, here in the late summer. Got an open house on possible improvements at the Centennial. Uh, park area there on August the 23rd, and then Councilmember Brooks has an open house on August the 29th. Next slide uh, continues those uh, open houses for uh, Councilmember LaFleur and Councilmember Dietz in uh, September, and then in October, um, open houses for Councilmember Hollingshead, Mayor Pro Tem Bracken on the 24th, and then on October 30th, um, open house for Councilmember Cavey. So that uh, we, look, we look forward to planning that and obviously hearing a lot from community members. And then we've got the uh, Boarding Commission Appreciation Event there in the middle part of November. We've got a number of neighborhood meetings. Uh, while building permits have slowed down, we continue to see some uh, development-related activity that generates a number of neighborhood meetings. Uh, direct your attention to that. The Affinity Senior Housing Project there, off of meadows parkway in regent there on on july the 10th meadows parkway and regent street are going to be seeing a lot of activity as a a new traffic signal is installed on on meadows parkway at that location so um, that that development and that um, improvement will be of of interest to a number of people you see some other ones there i won't read them all i commend them to your attention the next slide Just a few other few other highlights. Um, A lot of great things are happening in the in the community um, in regards to some communities, some some concerts that the community is putting on. Mentioned the the Fourth of July event as well, and I think got just a few more highlights on some uh, some concerts um, as well. And I think that is it. Happy
1: to respond to any questions. Any questions for David? laura cavey
7: sorry i didn't see what time does the national police night out start was that five or six i was Uh, putting it in my calendar
25: (laughs) sure let's look at it here real quick
7: what time is it shannon
25: i think i think five five to eight o'clock all right sorry no
7: it's good i just wanted to get the right right time
25: our, our favorite police officers uh cook us dinner yes and uh, we get a chance to talk to a lot of citizens about uh, one of the most important things we do, which is have our police department protect us. So it's, it's a great evening.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Any further questions for David or staff? Town attorney's report? Uh, no report tonight, mayor. Thank you. Moving on to the acceptance of the agenda. Um, move. Is there an acceptance of the agenda to be accepted?
7: I move to accept the agenda.
1: Second. But first by Laura Cavey, a second by Ryan Hollingshead. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Um, let me see. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. Okay, we're going to skip him. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes, 6 to
1: 0 thank, thank you. Move on to consent calendar. These items are generally routine in nature and have been previously reviewed by town council and we voted on a single motion without discussion. A member of town council may remove an item from the consent calendar number 7, Ordinance 2022-13, ordinance septi- uh, amending chapter 12.12 of the town of Castle Rock Municipal Code performing per- pertaining to camping and waste within public storm drainage systems, stream uh, r- ripping zones and, and floodplains and providing penalties for violation thereof. Number eight, resolution 2023-81, resolution ratifying change order and agreeing change order with four hydro resources, Rocky Mountain Inc for the 2022 Denver Basin Wells Rehabilitation pump, Pumping Equipment Replacement Project. I will set the motion.
11: Move to approve. Second.
1: Have, uh, first by Max Brooks. A second by Tim Deets. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead.
1: Aye.
2: Councilmember cavey Yes. Councilmember Lafleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Deets. Yes. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. Skip him. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes six to zero.
1: Thank you advertise public hearings and discussion action items, public comment will be taken on these items four, four minutes per speaker. Council will also accept uh, commented, commented comments submitted written online at crgov.com backslash council comments by 1 p.m. today to be included in the public record. Number nine, order 2023-14. Ordinance approving the second amendment of the 2023 fiscal year budget by making supplemental appropriations for the 2023 fiscal year providing an emergency adoption of this ordinance first and final reading Trish
26: Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Uh, Tonight I am here to uh, present to you the Second Amendment to the 2023 budget. Of note this evening is this is going to be an ordinance considered on first and final reading, so there will not be a second reading. We are asking for emergency adoption on this ordinance. The reason for that is you will be hearing at least three significant projects later in the agenda. We need to have the budgetary authority and funds available in order for you to enter into a contract for that project should you choose to. So I wanted to put that out there before we start. So why do we do these budget amendments? Well, we passed the original budget back in, I think it was September of 2022. And between then and now, various projects or other operational needs come up and we need to propose an amendment to our budget. Um, Our staff has reviewed each of these budget requests and we wanna make sure that there is enough budget available and funds available for each specific request. You'll see this is a very large budget amendment. Uh, When you look at this, uh, we're requesting approval of $191.6 million, and that 191.6 is offset by 165.7, almost .8 million in revenue. A lot of this is an accounting function to get the budget dollars where they need to be, as well as some very big projects that you're considering. As you can see, a budget amendment is not an unusual thing. We do these quite often throughout the year. We work with other departments to manage their budget, to understand what projects are coming up, and and we'll notify you again probably later in the year of another budget amendment for 2023 as the needs arise. So jumping in, um, the largest item included in this budget amendment this evening is the Crystal Valley Interchange. And as you can see in front of you, uh, we need an additional budget, 93,665,909 dollars. Big number offset by many revenues Uh, we have a a significant amount of funding partners in this project Uh, specifically the dawson trails metro district is committed to providing 50 million towards that interchange project town of castle rock is providing 25 million much of which that has already been spent in the planning and design phases (laughs) Uh, Douglas County is contributing 24 million. They also have a related project uh, to the Crystal Valley Interchange that is another 10 million, and that's kind of outside our scope here. They're taking on the construction management for that, but they're in for another 10 million outside this scope. Uh, Dr. Cog, we have received $8.5 million grant from Dr. Cog for this project, as well as we were able to utilize 5.4 million in build grant funds, again, federal funding to go towards this. We are also fortunate to have um, core electric credits uh, provided to the town, so we do plan on using approximately 1.4 million of those core credits for this project as well. So not only do you see the large number of expense for the construction project, but you also see where that funding source is coming from. So as I mentioned, we need to, per our code, have cash in the bank. We need to have budgetary authority to be able to enter into a contract. Well, no one fund necessarily has the 100 million sitting in their their cash account to be able to encumber the, the funds needed for that project. So what we are doing is creating three different short-term loans internally. And these are purely cash flow loans. Uh, When we enter into a contract, if we need some additional funds, we could transfer from unrestricted general fund, fund balance, over to transportation capital capital to make the project happen. Um, This is put out there as a safety net. We don't want to maximize every single one of these Internal loans, we use them as needed and repay them with the money that comes in through our funding partners over time. So you will see these amounts: the 18 million coming from the general fund, um, wastewater 10.5, transportation another 9 million, and again, that's purely a cash flow issue to meet the requirements of our code. A couple other projects that will be presented to Council this evening um, under Parks and Recreation. The first one that we have here is the design and development for a sport development center. Uh, Mr. Brower will be presenting that in connection with uh, Confluence later this evening. The amount you see here is for the town to go forward with additional design of that facility. It's not construction or anything like that, purely design of the facility. And secondarily, under Parks and Recreation, we have the Plum Creek North Park. We got the bids in for that, and it seems like most things these days, our bids did come in higher than we expected. So uh, that number, um, it's approximately 1.2 million for uh, the additional the additional bids for that uh, castle. I'm sorry, Plum Creek. Too many castles. Plum Creek North Park. Castle Rock water, uh, Sedalia Reservoir expansion and raw water storage. We need almost an an additional 11 million right there at 10.9 million for that project and also 4.1 million for aquifer storage and recovery wells. Those are the two uh, major requests for Castle Rock water. Public safety is asking for additional 253,000 to purchase a brush truck for station 156. 156 is the new station in planning zone 6. That is expected to be opened in late 2025, I believe. Downwide requests. Uh, If you recall, uh, the developer of Encore contributed $900,000 towards the quiet zone project. THE DDA ALSO ANTIED UP 900,000 TOWARDS THIS PROJECT. SO WHAT YOU SEE HERE IS THE EXPENSE. WE GOT THE REVENUE IN AND THIS IS ACTUALLY FOR THE COMPLETION OF THAT PROJECT. TRANSPORTATION IS ASKING FOR 926,000 AND THIS IS FOR THE CRAIG AND GOULD PROJECT. THEY WERE FUNDS THAT WENT UNSPENT IN 2022 BUT NEEDS uh, WE NEED CAPACITY WITHIN 2023 TO CONCLUDE THAT PROJECT. That concludes my presentation. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Thanks, Trish. Questions? Laura Kavey and then Tim Dietz.
7: So Trish, help me here because sure. I don't do your job. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you go back to slide four?
26: Sure, Ken. This one or one more?
7: Um, actually, I think it was... Keep going back. One more. Oh, they're out of order. See, that's four. That's what I was thinking. Mm. So my question is, if we already had the money in the bank, the $24 million, right, we already had that, right? Correct? Who, for, tw- for CBI.
25: For, for, for who? For, from, which front, from which source? $24 million from who?
7: Well, we, as the town of Castle right. Rock, we're putting $24 million toward CBI. Current.
25: Right. We, we have spent uh, a healthy portion of that already. Right for up to the design and right way acquisition. Right. Correct.
7: So I guess I'm wondering, are, are we needing extra money that we're, we're trying to? Because we're talking about moving funds around.
25: Right. For we, we're putting about four to six million dollars more into the total project um, from the the 20 million that we had previously planned. One of our challenges is is that we're going to sign two different packages for the crystal valley interchange one of them is on your agenda this evening i think it's 17 million dollars another one is going to be approximately 68 million dollars later this year in order to sign those contracts we have to be able to point to money in the bank in order to sign those What we're doing this evening is we are appropriating all of the money for the entire project, including that $68 million that will come later in the year. Unfortunately, not all of the money that is coming for the project is coming now. For for example, the $50 million from the Dawson Trails Metro District is not gonna show up in our coffers until August. still wanna sign a contract now for the first package, but we don't get $50 million until later. You're going to consider an an IGA, an intergovernmental agreement with Douglas County later this evening, where they're going to provide $24 million to the town for the project. That money doesn't come until half of it in January of 2024, and then the other half of it, I believe it's in June of 2024. But we still have to sign that contract Tonight and then again, hopefully in September for package two, even though we don't even though we don't get that money until later. Similarly, the Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Government funding, doesn't come all tonight. We haven't gotten a dime from them yet. They they're in the process of approving it. Councilmember Deets and Mayor Gray go to the Dr. Cog meetings. I don't think that money gets solidified from Dr. Cog until this fall and then we get some of that money in 2024, and then we get the rest of that money in 2025. So we don't get all of the money that, that shows up in, if you go back one more slide, for the, this, we don't get all of that money at once, but we need, in our recommendation, um, to need, we need to sign that contract for package one tonight in hopes that we can get started on package one this summer. And then similarly, we want to sign Package 2 sometime in the fall. when um, w- And that's going to be $67 million. So what we're doing is we're pointing to, if you go back to the next slide, we're pointing to that money internally so that we can sign those contracts. So this is a very good question because this is complicated. We spent an hour and a half walking me through it. And the, Trisha's not close enough to hit me, but she can, she'll stop me if I'm when I'm wrong. But we have to have the money in the bank to to sign those contracts. But we don't have really any intent to draw down, for example, from the wastewater fund. Because the good thing is, is that while we have to sign the contract for 16 million and 68 million sometime later this year, they're not gonna get paid all this year. The money comes out on progress payments every month so that we'll use the we'll use other funds first before we would ever get to probably any of these funds definitely the wastewater fund transportation fund general fund or are, are appropriate to, uh, as well for this for this type of project but we have to do internal borrowing in order to meet the the legal requirement that we have the money now if heaven forbid um the county doesn't approve the iga it's going to be on their agenda Next, next Wednesday, yeah, we' we're, we're we'll have to come back to you all. And if. Doctor, something happens with Dr. Cog or something happens with the Metro district debt issuance, we'd have to come back. But we, we've got a comfort level with making these next these next phases in order to be able to, to pay for it accordingly. But what Trish and I want to make sure you understand is I mean this to some extent this is all kind of behind the scenes internal accounting, but it's the public's money. You're the public stewards. You need to understand this. So that's why we want to make sure that we're spending the time to explain it. It's very very important for the public to understand. We do this internal borrowing, not every day, but we do it, it's, it's, it's very common among municipalities to be able to do it. But we can't use wastewater fund money for a road project it can only be used for wastewater fund stuff um, we're going to pay them interest for the any of the borrowing that we have to do we will have to pay it back um, for for all of those kinds of purposes so hopefully that's provides a very 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 important question that you asked because it's it's very important that you that you appreciate all of this um, and, and what we're doing and, and why why we want to do it. The one thing that I've been doing is I've been trying to move CVI. Because if if I'm not doing it and if some of the other, other people in this room are not doing it, it can just kind of languish. And that's not in our opinion, in the best interest of the community. So we wanted to move it forward. When Dan gets up here in a few minutes and talks about the project, we're still waiting on one final CDOT clearance. We're still, still moving forward. But the day that we can get that started, we want to get it started, which means it's on your agenda this evening.
7: I appreciate that because if I'm confused when I see this stuff all the time, I'm sure the community is confused, right? So sometimes I ask questions so that when people come back and watch these, they can understand what we're doing, right? And that's kind of the purpose.
25: We, I mean, it, it looks like a complicated...
7: It does. I mean, it's, it looks like a complicated
25: soccer play when you look at the spreadsheet that Trish has as to where the money's having to go at certain times. The good news is that while we have to sign these contracts, the the contractor doesn't get $16 million tomorrow. It's paid out over time. That that project's going to last probably uh, 12 to 18 months, and we'll pay it out over time. Similarly, the the large... Uh, construction project gets paid out over time. So while this is a little bit of an inconvenience now, at the end of the day, the money eventually goes, you go back to the one more slide, that's how we pay for the project.
7: Thank you. I appreciate it. I know it was a lot of work and so I appreciate your time. Yep. That's why I said I asked her the question because I don't do your job. (laughs) There's a reason why I don't do your job. Thank you for the
26: question. It's very important. (laughs) Appreciate it. Tim, do you have a Uh, follow-up?
11: Actually, on another note, um, not as grand as CVI, but the downtown quiet zone, I know it's, but it's equally as important to the citizens here. I see the costs rising and rising and rising, and I would like people to know that it's not Castle Rock. Uh, We still have an adverse reaction from the railroad that might be costing us more money.
25: David. Yeah, what we hope is the project isn't going to increase. What we wish would increase is their um, expediency in getting to the project. They've told us that um, they're not gonna be able to get to starting construction until December. And we've been working with them diligently. Dan checks in with them. Can we move it forward? The the 1.8 million we think is solid. We hope it's not gonna change, but what we wish would change is their desire to move the project forward. Yeah, that, but, one, that 1.8 it was from
1: three years ago still.
25: It's from when you all last approved it, Was $900,000 from the Downtown Development Authority special fund, that sales tax and property tax increment that they receive, and then $900,000 from the developer of Encore, that put that money in escrow, and now we just need, now we think we're gonna hopefully start spending that money here in 2023, the latter part, and so we need the authority to spend it, even though we already have the money.
1: No, I appreciate it. That, that, I was confused a little bit too. So that hasn't changed. I appreciate that. Thank you. Any further questions for Trish? Seeing none. Um, I have no one to, who's signed on to speak. If anyone no wishes to speak on this on this uh, project, please come to the podium, speak in a microphone. On user online users can use the raise your hand feature, and phone and callers can press star three. And if you say your name, whether a resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to town council for discussion and a possible motion.
8: Uh, Mayor, I move to approve the ordinances introduced by title and emergency adoption on first and final reading. Second.
1: Ended. I have a first by uh, Des LaFleur, second by Tim Dietz. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Dietz. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken. Okay. Uh, Mayor Gray. Yes motion passes six to zero. I believe that does allow us to approve it on emergency basis.
1: Yes, it does.
21: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Number 10, um, discussion direction for applications for 2023 second quarter council community grant program. Trish.
26: All right, thank you, mayor and council. I go from a budget amendment to one of my favorite items to present to council. Uh, So, as the mayor said, this is a council community grant program, and this is for the second quarter applications and awards. Uh, Just a reminder, the program itself focuses on a Castle Rock resident's quality of life. And from there, we divide it into four different categories. We we focus on youth and seniors, and then community-based environmental and sustainability programs, as well as community-based performing and visual arts. The line item for this budget is in the general fund and specifically in council's budget. We budget $8,000 per year, and we break that up into quarterly disbursements of $2,000 each, assuming we have four applications. Our average has been 500 per application, sometimes more if we have the ability, or if council has the ability to do so. So moving on to the applications for this quarter, two of these you've seen before and two are new applicants. So the first one we have here is Lady Trailblazer. Uh, They're a phenomenal nonprofit organization that empowers young women to problem solve and develop leadership skills. And they're asking for the 500 to be put towards the Girls Persist leadership program that they put on. The next application is from Douglas Land Conservancy, and that is a land trust dedicated to the production and conservation of our habitat and our surroundings. They're asking for $500, and they would use that to pay the presenters for the Educational Outreach Program. The next two on your list are new applicants, Um, Paul's Mystery Ship. To end ALS, so that is a nonprofit. It is a community of support and connection for those with ALS or who have lost a loved one to ALS. They're asking for 500, and that would be put towards scholarships for educational needs for Douglas County students. And the last application to present this evening is from a group called Rimmel's Ranch. It's a nonprofit whose mission is to facilitate healing from loss. Uh, $500 to go towards uh, finding belonging after experiencing loss event, one of the programs that they put on. So that concludes my presentation, I do believe there are representatives from each of the organizations, either online or potentially in the audience, should council have a question or should the applicant desire to uh, make a comment. Any questions first? I have
1: a comment. Okay. Um, since we don't have any questions, is there anybody from the organizations who would like to speak on the behalf of their organizations? <laughs>
27: um mayor and council members I'm Dr. Stewart I'm the founder and CEO of Lady Trailblazer and it's an honor and privilege to really talk about our organization and also our girls persist program We have uh, we were founded in 2018. We started as just a summer camp. And what we really do is shape those innate abilities for young girls to really pursue STEM careers. So we we are advocates as far as girls representing the next generation of STEM professionals. And that has been our goal and our mission of Empower Girl Change the World. And now we, our organization has evolved into year long programs now, not only as a summer camp, a one week summer camp, but we're also at Rock Canyon High School, STEM School, Highlands, Highlands Ranch, challenge to excellence charter schools and so for schools year-long programs because we really want to make sure these young girls have presenters that come in and really inspire them and really nurture an environment to problem solve and to be in a safe environment to understand what that optimization looks like problem solving looks like and then also really honing in on skill sets that's really going to help them challenge themselves as far as not only as an adolescent but also when these young ladies go into college so we're a part of that process to really help these young ladies really journey and navigate their young lives so thank you tonight i don't know if you all have any questions but it's always an honor and a privilege to really speak about our organization and our girls persist program because of Um, it's shaping these young ladies in our community and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Keep up the great
1: work. (laughs) Thank you. you. Another organization like to speak.
23: Hello um, town town of Castle Rock um, members, mayor and council members. Uh, My name is Lori Brooks and I'm with Rimmel's Ranch. And um, we are having an event this August 2nd. You can go to RimmelsRanch.com. And it's going to be here in Castle Rock. And the title is Finding Belonging After Experiencing Loss. Um, We have three dynamic speakers who are coming in. Uh, And what we're trying to do is reach youth, reach the elderly, actually reach anybody who has experienced loss. When we first formulated this, it was going to be lost that was geared towards the military me being a veteran um and you know people that work in in those type of industries um and and one of my nieces said to me wow you know what about other loss everybody experiences loss in some way and so i got thinking started talking to some friends i have a friend who um, is just a brand new author um And so, we know, we said, why not have a speaker event, cover some different topics, and get a better feel of how people experience loss, how you can heal from it. So our first speaker is going to be an empathetic facilitator. She um, right now has her own business, and she works on somatic practice in healing your body. So our body apparently, you know, has all this tension in it, from loss and from traumatic events and so what she does is teach us how to release that so she's going to be our first speaker our second speaker is thomas and he's going to share a a story about his loss when he was a child he um works with People in special needs, and he's also, um, you know, someone with some special needs situations himself. So he says that, you know, we, we all perceive things differently, and loss can be really hard for some people, um, especially, you know, especially kids with, with special needs. So he really works with them. He writes books. Um, his whole... You can go to his website from my website, find out more information about him. But his whole um, business motto, nonprofit, I believe he also is starting, is on you know how to help people with special needs. So, anyways, our third speaker is Amanda, and she's um, created this new book. She um, is in sobriety. She works with sobriety meditation. And Deep connection she explains how loss fear and grief affect our connection and how to um, Feel and how to heal your feelings to form more meaningful relationships um, So What we're really looking for we already got all the speakers paid for I've got the venue and everything But we're looking for funds to be able to create a professional recording to be able to share this not only, you know, with the community but you know, the public at large. So, thank you again for your time and please go to com.
1: Thank you. Another organization.
28: Good evening. My name is Bonnie Daniels and I'm the founder of Paul's Ministry Ship to End My husband Paul lost his battle in march of 2020 paul was um, a part of this community and uh many people in this room have worked with paul over the years we formed this um to be a support for families in castle Rock and douglas county we just awarded our first two scholarships so that was a really good feeling um, we would hope to do more scholarships as the years go <clears throat> excuse me as the years go on we do an annual walk in september that is um, a part of the plum creek trail and we raise funds but there are expenses that go with that um, as well as earning funds so thank you all for your support Um, paul was very active in many of the municipality parts of this city and community i'm sorry it's kind of hard this is the first time i've done this but um We've had great, great support, and we've had wonderful outreach um, through the ALS community. ALS is a horrible disease, and it's a tough battle. My husband survived 13 months, which was very quick. Changed our lives, changed my family's life, um, changed my life forever because everything that we had planned and hoped for didn't happen, both financially as well as other areas of our careers so um i thank everyone you'll see posters all over town um, this 500 dollars award if i receive it will be part of the expense piece um, that it takes and so that we can help children whose families are traveling this journey so that they'll be able to do post-secondary education um our application does not is not specific to universities. It can be trade schools, universities, whatever additional education that they would like to be able to do post high school. So um, feel free to reach out to me. We have a website, Um, we have information. You'll see Paul's mystery ship around town, particularly between now and September because the walk is September 24th and we'll access the trail, and that's our main financial piece that we do. Um, We have an auction, we have all kinds of things that day to help promote ALS and bring awareness because there isn't really an organization within Castle Rock or Douglas County that deals or supports ALS. So, thank you.
1: Thank you. We do have one left, if there's anybody who represents Douglas County land conservancy. Seeing none, I have no one's time to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in the microphone and online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and call press star three. Please state your name and whether you're a resident, non-resident or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring back to town council for a motion uh, and discussion.
11: I move to award the following organizations, Lady Trailsblazer, Douglas Land Conservancy, Paul's Mystery Ship to End ALS, and Rimmel's Ranch each
1: $500. Second. Have first by Councilmember Dietz, a second by Council Member Said For discussion, Laura Cavey.
7: Well, a couple things. Um, first of all, I want to say a huge thank you to Dr. Stewart. Um, I attended some of uh, her classes as well as the graduation last year and the work that she does is amazing. Um, I can tell you as a woman in STEM, um, we are still sorely lacking, um, young women and an interest in, in a STEM career. And I've been, you know, a network engineer for 25 years. And so, I think what she's doing is so valuable and so important. And I just want to give her a huge shout out because I know how much work and time that she puts into this. Um, And it's been an honor to be at your events. The second thing I would like to make a friendly amendment, if I could, if there was a way we could award each uh, group $750 a piece, um, just given the cost of everything. I'll second that. The cost of everything right now we know how it is everything's more expensive i think all of these are worthy um but dave i don't know if that's doable with our budget
25: we will do it without a budget amendment <laughs> all right <laughs> i would also point out uh council member that i mentioned we're in the process of working on our 2024 budget staff recommends you all decide um, but we're going to recommend, and you all will get an opportunity to decide whether to increase the community grant program from the $8,000 a year to a higher amount. So we're going to we're going to put a, a dollar amount in there that that increases it as well. So that'd be wonderful. But no, well we could do $750.
7: Is everybody is Everybody good with the friendly uh, amendment?
11: We accept your friendly amendment.
7: Thank you.
1: Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Council Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember deets Yes. Is Mayor Pro Tem Bracken on? No. Okay, we'll skip him. Mayor Gray?
1: Yes. Motion David?
2: passes, excuse me? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Motion passes six to zero. <laughs>
1: David.
25: I just was going to speak before Dan spoke. Sure. Next time, go ahead.
1: you want to read those items? Here, yep, be. well do. The next three items will be presented together, but voted on separately. Number 11, resolution 2023-82, resolution approving the intergovernmental agreement between the town of Castrock Rock and the border county commissioners of, of the county of Douglas County, state of Colorado, regarding financial contribu- contribution of the Crystal Valley Interchange Project and west of I-25 Frontage Road Relocation Project. Number 12, resolution 2023-83, Resolution approving the construction contract between the Town of Castle Rock and Kramer North America for Crystal Valley Interchange Project 1. Number 13, Resolution 2023-84, Resolution approving the First Amendment to the Town of Castle Rock Services Agreement for Jacobs Engineering Group for the Crystal Valley Interchange. Daniel? David first.
25: Thanks. I just wanted to uh, uh, thank Dan and his staff for getting us to this point. We've been at this probably for three or four years we started the process of seeking if we could start restart the design of this interchange even before dawson trails looked like it was going to um, have any life at all um, where it was still um, owned by a property owner that had sat on it for over 30 years but we knew the importance of this interchange TO THE COMMUNITY AND TOWN COUNCIL HAD REPEATEDLY SAID HOW IMPORTANT IT WAS IN ORDER TO um, PROVIDE A SAFE AND CONVENIENT TRAVEL THROUGHOUT THE ENTIRE COMMUNITY. SO THIS IS AN EXAMPLE OF A PROJECT THAT TAKES A LONG TIME TO GET TO, uh, BUT WE ARE ON THE THRESHOLD NOW OF BEING ABLE TO to PROCEED uh, WITH, I THINK, THE MOST IMPORTANT INFRASTRUCTURE THIS COMMUNITY WILL CONDUCT uh, THIS DECADE. So I really appreciate the the longtime perseverance of council and staff to get us to this point.
29: Thank you for that introduction, uh, Dave. And good evening, uh, mayor and town council. Um, As Dave mentioned, I'm extremely excited to to be here to to usher in this milestone. This is a significant event for this project and for the community. Um, Dave mentioned uh, uh, just just some of the members. This takes a village to get these off the ground. Uh, We've got significant partnerships, including the county uh, and and town staff. But really want to uh, mention uh, town staff project manager Aaron Monks, who over the last few years have, has, has taken the leads and marshaled this in. So, um, just appreciate all the the staff that have worked on this to get, to get us to this point. Um, I'm going to cover the three items that the mayor read into in, in one presentation, uh, and, and I'd be happy to answer any questions at the end. But to orient uh, you and, and the public, uh, north is to the top of this uh, aerial image, and we're pointing to the Plum Creek uh, Parkway interchange uh, to the north. Um, these are some of the the larger um communities that will be served by the uh, um, the interchange uh, twin oaks is actually in unincorporated Doug- douglas county but the remainder are in the town of castle rock and then the star is the location where the uh, new interchange will be constructed this is uh, at i-25 and crystal valley parkway which will extend over um, i-25 so again, uh, I, I know I drive a little bit uh, crazy, but this is, this is about really making sure that we're orienting all of our resources toward the right things that the community values. And we're doing that in this, in this project. So this is a uh, kind of a breakout of the elements of the, the project that will make up the total interchange. North is to the right of this slide. Um, the portion shown in red is the actual interchange itself that will cross over uh, I-25. The segment in blue um is a portion of the west Runnage road which will be relocated to the west side of the railroad tracks uh, which will prevent uh, folks uh, using this uh, from having to cross any the accurate crossings that will be managed by the town and funded uh, by the town Uh, the portion in green down to the south on the left-hand side of the page is actually being managed by the county um, and this, that will connect to uh, Toma Road. So, folks uh, from Toma Road will be able to access the interchange without actually having to cross over uh, any uh, uh, accurate railroad crossings, which will significantly make that frontage road much safer. The portion shown in, in purple, that's DASH, is a future project that's the responsibility of the Dawson Trails Development. Um, and once that's in place, that will actually take that entire stretch to the West RUNNERS Road and uh, prevent folks from having to cross any of those at-grade crossings that exist. <coughs> the total uh, project cost for both pre-construction and the construction is uh, one hundred twenty-four point six million. And the way this is being financed is. Uh, Uh, with a significant portion coming from the county Um, what we're showing here is the 10 million that they actually are planning to actually pay for and manage their portion of dawson trails boulevard and then the 24 million that's shown uh, on the chart is is the first item that's the iga that uh, we're entering into uh, with them to contribute toward the the interchange which is the which is the red uh, portion here so really appreciate the uh, county's participation um, um, with uh, with this important regional project the balance of the of the project the ninety point six that's shown on there is is uh, being managed by the town and as Trish and Dave point out in the budget amendments uh, um, that's not the total funding that we're, we're contributing, but that's what we're managing. And you saw this in uh, Tricia's presentation of the budget amendment, Um, and and that's how that that 90.6 is being covered. Uh, Again, a significant amount from the Metro District, some grants, and then, of course, some town funding as well. Now, the second item is an actual construction contract with Kramer North America. They're our current uh, construction manager that's uh, on the project uh, right now. What i'm showing here on the slide is a breakout of the two uh, packages or phases if, if you'd like um, tonight's contract is for the portion shown in yellow we're calling that package number one that's a, a realignment of, of a portion of the existing east frontage road uh, to allow us to actually give that get that space to get up and over i-25 package number two is anticipated to come to town council for construction contract award later this fall So on the left-hand side is the two packages, estimated construction cost. Uh, the contract for tonight is a not-to-exceed amount of 17.2 million. That's what you're, you're approving tonight if you so choose to. Um, and then the balance of package two is the is 78.2. And then again, on the revenue side, on the right-hand side, is how both of those packages will be, will be paid for. Now this is an overview of, of the two um construction bids uh, kramer provided their bid of course which is shown in the middle but we also uh, uh, hired an independent cost ex- es- estimator which is which we call the ice they essentially estimate the project in the same way that the contractor does and our contract uh, uh with with cdot essentially says that those two have to be within 10 percent uh, of each other uh, in this case, they were, they were less than 1%. Um, so that's, a, that's an indication to us that uh, Kramer provided a, a, a cost-effective and responsible bid for the project. So we're, we're very confident in, in recommending their, their uh, um, construction uh, bid to us for package number one. Again, this is a, this is a guaranteed not to exceed amount. Uh, it's possible that it could actually come in less based on the actual quantities that are actually put in in the field, but this is a, a uh, not to exceed cap amount. I do want to mention, too, uh, as Dave mentioned, we still have a few final clearances from CDOT that needs to occur. So as part of the, the resolution, um, we would not issue notice to proceed to Kramer to proceed until we actually have those clearances. So that's part of the contract uh, approval for tonight. And then the third item is to extend the existing design contract with Jacobs Engineering. Again, the items that we're showing here um, require some additional time for them to complete the design. Um, it has no um, implication on the ability for us to move forward with construction of package number two later this fall um, and no additional budget to, um, to, to do this. It's just a time extension only. So this is a high level overview of the planned uh, implementation of the various uh, uh, packages. Uh, so once we get clearances from CDOT, uh, which we hope will be uh, later this month or early in July, we'll be moving straight into construction um, and anticipate having the uh, package number one completed by the second quarter of 2024. Uh, the next portion uh, the Dawson Trails segment uh, is an independent uh, um, project AND WE ANTICIPATE TO uh, HAVE THAT COMPLETED BY uh, um, the FIRST QUARTER OF 2025. AND THEN THE COUNTY'S PORTION IS ALSO PLANNED TO BE COMPLETED AROUND THE SAME TIME FRAME. AND THEN FINALLY, PACKAGE NUMBER TWO WILL COMPLETE THAT uh, CAPSTONE AND OPEN UP THE INTERCHANGE IDEALLY BY THE END OF 2025. SO A SIGNIFICANT AMOUNT OF WORK THAT'S AHEAD OF US, BUT AGAIN, THIS IS A MAJOR MILESTONE TO BE MOVING INTO THE CONSTRUCTION PHASE. SO EXTREMELY uh, PROUD AGAIN to, to, TO BE IN FRONT OF YOU FOR Recommending recommend these items to uh, town council, we did take all three of these to the uh, public works commission. They did unanimously recommend town council approve all three of these items. And this is the same uh, recommended motion for uh, each uh, of the three uh, items. And with that, I'm happy to answer any questions.
1: Any questions for Dan or staff? Seeing none, we'll bring it to uh, public for comment. I have one person signed up anyone else is wishes to speak after um, that'd be fine uh first i have george teal
14: mayor and council george teal resident of the crystal valley ranch neighborhood and uh uh it is my honor and privilege of course to be one of your three douglas county commissioners um you know The county manager talked about uh, the years that have gone into taking us here. Uh, I I did actually whip out the calculator calculator and uh, calculated the days it took to bring it here. And my calculations start about 3,350 days ago. That was way back in 2014. It was when I uh, sat in the district six seat AND IT'S WHEN I CAME OFF OF A CAMPAIGN, AND ONE OF THE, the THREE TOP ISSUES THAT CAME FROM THE CRYSTAL VALLEY RANCH NEIGHBORHOOD, um, THIS WAS ONE OF THEM. You're ACTUALLY, WE'RE GOING TO TALK ABOUT A SECOND ONE THAT CAME OUT OF PLUM CREEK A LITTLE LATER. GOOD NEWS IS WE DON'T HAVE TO TALK ABOUT THE THIRD ONE. IT GOT DECIDED LATER THAT YEAR. This is critical, and this has been something that I've been advocating for for about 330, uh, 3,350 days, uh, about nine years. And so, um, I, I, as a resident of the Crystal Valley Ranch neighborhood, I do advocate for you to take staff recommendation and vote aye to proceed. To put on the name tag and speak as your county commissioner Um, in our last meeting to discuss engaging this iga it was unanimous to proceed at the county level we are in an age of what i call the age of three interchanges lincoln and i-25 up in lontree happy canyon in the castle pines area and then this the crystal valley ranch interchange those other two will be before the county for years for the better part of this decade this is our opportunity to move forward on the first big project that of course it's a big project here for the town it's a big project for the neighborhood in crystal valley plum creek the four neighborhoods that dan showed you just a little bit ago but guys it's a big project for us at the county too i have never ever once sat where you're sitting right now and had a county commissioner come in to address the council on an IGA with the county. Obviously this has been my personal passion for nine years. I'm overjoyed to see it this far, just as the county manager said, to see it coming this far. The quote from that last meeting I talked about where we got a unanimous vote from the the board was the time is now for the Crystal Valley Ranch interchange. Believe it or not, I'm not the one who said that. So you do have the support of your county commissioners to engage in this IGA. And and I, I would put forward, you have the support of the people of Castle Rock. Thank you all very much again. It's great to be your neighbor and it's wonderful to call you my friends and my colleagues.
1: Thank you, George Teal. Thank you, Commissioner Teal. I have no one else uh, something to speak of. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the, the podium and speak in a microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone callers by star three. And please state your name, whether you are a resident, non-resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring it back down to, to uh, town council for a possible motion and discussion.
11: I move to recommend that council approve the resolution as introduced by title. Second.
7: Second.
1: <laughs> I have a first by Councilmember Deets, a second by Councilmember Cavey. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Kavy, Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Deets. Yes. Mayor Pro Yes. Thank you. Mayor Gray.
1: Yes. And I believe we the need to do that two more times. <laughs>
7: I move to recommend that Town Council approve the resolution as introduced by title. Second.
1: First by Councilmember Cavey, second by Councilmember LaFleur. Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro bracken Okay, we'll skip him. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes six to zero.
1: Thank you. One more, if you guys would.
9: Move to recommend the town council approve the resolution as introduced by title. Second.
1: First by Max Brooks. A second by, by, by Tim Deets. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Hang on. <clears throat> okay, Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember Lafleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Deets. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Bracken skip him mayor gray yes motion passes six zero
1: thank you appreciate your guys's hard work thank you dan Yes. number 14 resolution 2023-85 registers approving the execution and agreement between aspen view academy and the town of castle Rock regarding funding for a castle Rock police officer to serve as an sro or school resource officer jack
30: good evening mayor and members of council so tonight, my presentation is about a request from Aspenview Aspen um, School to staff a SRO full-time. The good news is they will fully fund it, and I'll get to the details in just a second as I go over some uh, background information first. So the School Resource Officer Program, townwide is with uh, agreement with Douglas County School District, and uh, we... Fund 50% of the cost, and the school district funds 50% of the cost of the SROs that we have uh, currently. Just a little bit of background: um, It started back in 2006 when we had a uh, IGA with uh, the school district, and we staffed a school resource officer at Castleview. And then later, um, Rock, Castle Rock Middle School came online, and then after that, Mesa Middle School. So those three schools have full-time school resource officers. Then, following the, uh, the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, all of the police agencies and the Sheriff's Office in Douglas County came together with the Douglas County School District. And, um, you know, we met over the summer about what can we do um, to protect the kids in the schools after that shooting. and we decided that we would develop um, a first of its kind in in the state and, and i think anywhere really nationally it was a school marshal program, so it's called the school marshal program because, kind of like an air marshal, you don't know what airline the, the air, the air marshal is going to be on. Same way with the schools, we knew that we really couldn't afford to have an officer in every elementary school, but this was a really good plan um, to get at that piece of it. So that's why, uh, so that was done at that point in time, and that's why it was called school marshal plan. We've since moved um to a kind of a different name for it we, so we now call them instead of school marshals we do call them school resource officers because that's really what they became to be even though they, they still perform the same duties within those elementary schools and alternative schools so currently we have a school resource officer at Castleview at uh Rock Middle and then at Mesa Middle School and then we have two school resource officers that split their time between 16 elementary and alternative schools so that kind of goes back to that concept of the school marshal program so that's where we are currently so what is the role of the sro it's extremely important it's multi-faceted you know they're there to keep the kids safe they are a a valuable resource for for the uh, for the staff uh, for the kids if you think about it as school is a is like a it's a micro community within our community. So, you know, we have about 2,000 kids at, at the high school, and so we have an officer that takes care of them and the staff, so it's a pretty big job, and, and, and they really provide a, a great service. Uh, they develop strategies to help resolve youth problems, uh, both in the school and outside the school. Uh, they protect students, so they feel safe so that they can learn at their full potential. They get involved in school safety plans and practicing drills, lockdowns, shelter in place drills. They investigate uh, threats that come through the, for the, at the school and even outside the school. They're a member of the school crisis team and they're a member of this, the threat assessment team. They also educate, so they they help get into the classrooms and educate the kids on a, a number of different topics. They're an informal counselor, there's, so there's somebody that the kids can trust to go talk to if they just need to to talk to an adult and get some some counsel. And then at the end of the day, they're there as a police officer to make sure everybody is safe. So Aspen View Academy, uh, they're a, a K through eighth grade and they serve about 1,000 1, students since, um, and they've been in place since August of 2012. And they do currently participate in that school marshal concept I talked about, along with uh, 15 other um, schools in, in Castle Rock. And they, they pay the school district about $13,000 a year to participate in that program. What they're asking for is, is to have a school resource officer uh, 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 assigned full time at their school as the other three schools that we have. And they are, um, they, they have agreed to pay the, in, the entire freight for that. So there's no impact to, to our budget. Um, so this includes salary, benefits, equipment, the police vehicle, um, everything. They will be in re- they will be reimbursing through our agreement if approved uh, for the first year two hundred and fifty two thousand um, dollars and the reason that's more than outgoing years is because you know they are upfronting the cost of equipment, for example the cars, the computers the everything that goes along with equipping a police officer and it's it's expensive. Uh, Going out in the in the following years because we've already have attained that equipment at that point, it's it would be less. It would be $154,000 and $216 a year. So we have this um, agreement in if if proposed for a five-year period, and there would be no more than a five percent increase in subsequent years, um, per the agreement. We feel like it's a uh, it really is a a win-win for everybody. We're able to, number one, have an officer in one of our larger schools that that aren't uh, serviced at at this point, and it also would be one less school that our other two officers that are now uh, going through 16 schools, we're reducing it by one. So that that benefits everyone. Um, I'm here to answer any questions if you have, and I have a proposed motion.
1: Thank you, Chief. Any questions for Chief? Seeing none, we'll bring it to a uh, public. Uh, no one signed to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please speak into the microphone and po- approach the podium and speak in the microphone. Online users may use a laser hand feature and phone-in calls by star three and, and uh, state your name, whether you are a resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, bring back town council for uh, discussion or possible motion. Yep, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead, uh, Tim Dietz and then Laura Cavey.
11: I couldn't agree more with these programs. Our children are important, what's happened around the nations. I would put one in every place I could, if we could afford it. So I want people to know that. I can't speak for us counsel, council, but I think they feel the same way. So appreciate you putting this together, Chief. Thank you.
1: Laura Cavey.
7: I, I will second what Tim just said. Um, if, if we could, I'd put an SRO at every school you Know being a parent, and you know, we've had a few scary things happen at Castleview over the last couple of years, and uh, it would be great peace of mind if they were at every school. So, I applaud this and, and the program, and thank you,
1: Councilmember member Holland's Head. Um, those
4: of you who don't know, I'm a high school principal and worked um, in administration uh, for a long time, especially at Castleview with Cass Rock um, PD over the years. And if you don't know how it works, I mean, we, we work as a team constantly, I have a uh, SRO five feet from my office. Um, And when there's things that go down, when we are like this, walking on the hall, making decisions on the fly. Um, And SROs also just have that different perspective that, you know, we're not trained for an education. And so they're a huge asset. Uh, You know, they'll they'll have something that walks in the door on a Monday morning, a a domestic thing or family issue. And and, and they really support families through tough times and and help the school then to support the families even better. So it's just a incredible partnership. And it doesn't happen when you have a regular officer get called on a call. They They don't have that connection in the community. So it's a great thing. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Any further discussion?
9: Discussion. I'll just go ahead and move to approve the resolution as introduced by Title.
8: Second.
1: So, uh, first by Max Brooks. A second by Des Lafleur. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember K.V. Yes. Councilmember Lafleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember deeds Yes. Mayor pretend Bracken. We'll skip him. Mayor Gray. Yes. The motion passes 6-0. Aye.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Number 15, resolution approving an economic incentive loan, sorry, resolution 2023-86, resolution approving an economic incentive loan from the town of Castle Rock to Brinker Half Restaurants LLC to facilitate the development and construction of Hummingbird Event Center. Frank Gray
5: mayor town council uh thank you for the opportunity to get in front of you tonight we have a really exciting project to put in front of you uh hits a lot of our policy objectives um, that council has given us uh, over the years Um, and so I couldn't be more excited to be sitting here with uh, mark brinkerhoff uh, the uh, owner operator uh, currently of la loma and uh, and of this project going forward with uh, the hummingbird event center um, the Hummingbird Event Center is roughly 5,000 square feet event center, both indoor and outdoor. Um, that's going to complement uh, the restaurant, the Brinkerhoff Restaurant, um, up on the in the promenade. And the promenade uh, development, as you guys know, if you've been to La Loma, which I think most of you have, the view up there is exceptional. And we would like to take more advantage and have another uh, independent operate Castle Rock, Douglas County resident. Um, you know operate uh, a, another amazing uh, facility up there. Um, the The restaurant by itself stands on its own. It's the event center itself that has uh, the challenges that uh, we're here to address tonight. Um, the great part is it's going to be a really unique event center. Um, it will have um, both some really cool indoor and outdoor space, which I'll put up on the screen here in just a moment. But want to talk about some of the unique qualities of the proposal that we've put together. Um, Council has repeatedly asked for unique individual um, destination niche retail uh, that we look at and and not just another strip mall center or something of that nature and so um, that this really hits that right on the head and uh, meets one of our public policy objectives there for destination retail where folks will, will come outside of our community uh, to visit this destination like they do La Loma. Um, The other part is its highest and best use. We want to put the, always encourage the highest best use on that ground and the views that are there are exceptional. And as many of you know, and we have limited opportunities in Castle Rock to take advantage of that. As our community grows, we really need to make sure that we get this stuff right the first time. So that we, you know, otherwise it's a 30 to 40 year cycle before we'll get this opportunity again to put something really cool and unique and different uh, on this uh, on this space. And it's in high, and the event center is in high demand. Um, as you've seen in the memo that I presented, uh, we went and talked to all the different venues in the area and they are booked, 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 trying to find uh, event space for uh, graduations trying to find event space for business meetings trying to find event space for any time of family celebration is really really tough and so this would uh, allow that to happen uh, in our market and then uh, obviously one of my uh, objectives as the as the ceo of the economic development council uh, at your direction is to make sure that we have a strong tax base and this will obviously generate some significant uh uh sales tax revenue, both from the restaurant and from the event center. So um, the best part for me as an economic developer is this is a loan. It's not a grant. Um, I love that when we get when we use our economic development fund uh, for loans, because then we get that money back and we can reinvest it in the future. So um, just a couple of quick project highlights. Here are some of the renderings, uh, which demonstrates, I think, some of the quality uh, that we're looking at with this project. You can see here on the upper picture, that is the restaurant with the event center in the background. And then on the lower picture there, you can see the event center in the foreground with the restaurant in the background. And so our proposal tonight is to really look at the event center, and that's what we're uh, really proposing uh, for our, the, the structure, the loan structure tonight. Um, the loan structure will be a five-year, $500,000 loan uh, percentage of that, about $278,000 will be in a loan amount, and about $221,000 in credits uh, for, with development services and so the loan term is set up really very specifically we've done this loan term be, uh, type of loan before uh, with the move project and the and the, the loan terms start at one percent for 36 months and then they ratchet up so that the uh, business owner is encouraged to exit that loan and pay back the town uh, the town will also have a security position and will take second position on that loan Here's a rough timeline of what we're looking at. Uh, If approved tonight, um, and this moves forward, they would start site work and prep and the foundation work ASAP here in the second quarter of 2023, uh, then move to more vertical construction uh, in in Q4, uh, weather permitting and then q2 of 2024 they would finish the interior uh, work and hopefully be open by q2 2024 Um, the owner is hopeful that they can try to beat that date but uh, we wanted to make sure we put some uh, conservative numbers in there for a council so that we know uh, that we can hit those dates without if you have any other questions i'm happy to uh, answer those and we have mark brinkerhoff here with us to answer any detailed questions that you might have Councilmember Katie. Yep. You know, I'm always good for a question. Yes. Um,
7: I think this is awesome. Um, I love La Loma. Um, I think this is very much needed. My only concern or question is parking. Do we think we're going to have enough parking? I mean, I was at La Loma yesterday, um, Monday night, and it was packed, and I was having trouble finding somewhere to park. So if we're adding in, venue where people it's a destination right do we feel like i mean this is your event center
21: yep hi good evening everybody honored to be here before you this evening and great question we had um, similar concerns as well and we engaged a a parking engineer to perform an analysis with us and confirmed in our um, um, purchase agreements and our covenants that um that uh the agreements between all the uh, park uh, property owners up there that there is cross easement parking that we're able to use across the whole center and so in you know we're planning to use valet partly we're planning to a lot of those cars that there are our employees we're planning to push them further into areas that are not as close to the restaurant and have those spaces be more available um at that time but we're confident that we have uh, plenty of parking to accommodate the demand
7: awesome thank you
1: any further questions for Frank or Mark, bring her, bring her off. Seeing none, I have no one to speak and no one wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone in callers can press star 3. Please state your name and whether you are a resident, non-resident or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Thank you, Shannon. Bring back to council council for a possible motion and discussion.
8: Do you have a motion, Frank? In your slide, no.
5: I don't have a motion in my slide. I move
8: no. to approve resolution 2023-086. Second.
1: Our uh, first by Councilmember Lafleur. Second by Councilmember um, uh Tim Deets, and I'll follow off with a comment as well. Tim Deets.
11: Yeah, this does look like a good project. I think it's something the town needs. Um, I do like the name of it. Um, do you plan on attracting hummingbirds? <laughs> What's your plan for that? Because you can't just call it that and not attract hummingbirds.
4: There's a lot of
21: hummingbirds around. There is. Yeah. I'm a fan of them. Okay. And no would do that unless it creates challenges. Okay. Yeah.
11: Now I just thought I'd mention that. It might, it might attract more people. So that's my fun for the night. Thank you
1: Thank you. I think it's a great project. Um, I do think that you know probably more, more, more than likely most of your employees park in and around that parking lot and probably may, we need to be forced, asked, encouraged. <laughs> Um, to park uh, at a d- different destination because I would imagine that La Loma probably has you know, 25, 50 employees at any given time. Um, that, that's 25 to 50 parking spots. And then with this new building, that's another 25 spots or more. So I do um, applaud that you guys are looking into how you guys can abate that and, and do better with parking in the future because I think that it, as uh, Council Member mentioned,
5: it's already pretty crowded and you guys know that. And so uh, we do appreciate it. Yeah, I would. I would just add on the parking uh, component is that like the timing of the restaurant, you know, is going to be in the evenings, and so when some of the other shops um, that they cross park with would not be open, and so that'll make for an easier transition for employees and other folks to to make it less congested. Thank you.
1: Any further discussion? Roll
5: call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pro Bracken? Skip him. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes 6 to 0.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I will read in number 16 and agenda item number 17 together. Um, resolution 2023 87 resolution approving the Town of Castle Rock Fire and Rescue Department of 2022 standards of cover. And then number 17, resolution 2023-88, resolution approving the Town of Castle Rock Fire and Rescue Department 2020 to 2024 strategic plan update. Chief.
31: Thank you, Mayor and Council. Uh, two quick items tonight, as an internationally accredited agency, part of our requirements is of the, of the accreditation is to present our annual updates on our standards of cover and our strategic plan. Uh, the first item for you tonight is just our standards of cover update. Uh, again, it's an in-depth analysis of what our performance has been over a uh, certain period of time when we look at call volume, call types, et cetera. Uh, that was combined in 2021 with our community risk assessment. And then that defines the level of service that we're going to provide to the community. So the standards of cover specifically defines that level of risk. We look at what we call a critical task analysis, how many people and how many resources do we need to handle those risks associated with those types of calls. And then it also establishes our performance guidelines. THROUGH OUR ASSESSMENT FOR THIS YEAR WE'VE IDENTIFIED THAT WE DO HAVE PERFORMANCE GAPS AND WHEN I TALK ABOUT OUR PLANNING ZONES WE HAVE NINE PLANNING ZONES WITHIN THE FIRE AND RESCUE Department's SERVICE AREA SO WE cover 34 SQUARE MILES OF THE TOWN AND 32 SQUARE MILES OF THE COUNTY IN THE FIRE PROTECTION DISTRICT PLANNING ZONE TWO As you can see by those apartment names, is basically Valley Drive and South Street. Um, With some of the challenges that we've got, it's just residential coming out of downtown. It's going up residential streets, Uh, but we're continuing to look at that. We are recovering in that area, so it's getting better. But we still want to take a look at what's going on there. Planning Zone Six, which is Cobblestone Ranch, uh, Liberty Village, in the backside of Terrain. I think you all are very familiar with that. That's where we're planning on Station 156 being built out there. Hopefully, opening in 2025 and addressing that challenge. PLANNING ZONE 7 IS DOWN SOUTH CRYSTAL VALLEY RANCH, AND WHILE STATION 152 ADDRESSED THE CHALLENGES WITH CRYSTAL VALLEY RANCH ITSELF, WE STILL HAVE A SIGNIFICANT AREA SOUTH OF CRYSTAL VALLEY RANCH IN THE UNINCORPORATED PART OF THE COUNTY, THE FIRE PROTECTION DISTRICT, THAT IS PART OF THAT ZONE. THERE'S NOTHING WE CAN REALLY DO TO to SOLVE THAT ISSUE. Um, IF YOU THINK ABOUT if you're familiar with the Direct TV uplink facility that sits down off Garden Road, that's actually in our fire protection district. Um, there's not a lot we can do to get down there. Fortunately, call volume is relatively small, but we do have challenges out in the fire protection district area there. And then Planning Zone Eight, which is currently the the Dawson Trails, uh, KEENE Ranch, Twin Oaks. Uh, it's simply an access issue. Uh, to get down to KEENE Ranch, you have to come out of downtown, go down the West Frontage Road to Toma Road, and then back into KEENE Ranch. So, as we're looking at the standards of cover, uh, we want to continue to review what's going on in planning zone two and see if we can better resolve some of those challenges. Continue moving forward with the planning for station 156. We also want to continue to monitor our medic call unit volume. So, we currently have three medic units or ambulances in service on a 24 hour uh, basis. Uh, it's not uncommon much anymore to have all three of those committed at any one point in time. In our strategic plan, we did identify uh, a fourth medic unit to be placed in service at a date in the future, so we're continuing to monitor those thresholds. We're also monitoring planning zone 9. So planning zone 9 is on the west side of town, Wolfensburger Road Corridor, and as that area has continued to grow, we've been able to meet the response time performance metrics by using station 151 and 154. But as the brickyard continues to develop, as miller's landing continues to develop uh, and then with the extension hopefully of uh, prairie hawk south down to dawson trails uh, we're going to exceed what our response time capabilities are there we've been working on trying to locate property out there for a future fire station at some point uh, down the road and then of course monitoring planning zone eight uh, a lot of that's uh, dependent on the crystal valley interchange congratulations to dan and moving that forward Um, that will certainly allow better access obviously coming from the crystal valley station across the highway of there, Uh, and we have worked with the developer that there will be a station in that subdivision at some time in the future. So, I'll entertain any questions on that. The Public Safety Commission has reviewed it and they approved as well. So, we both, uh, both staff and public safety, recommend approval of that. So, I will move on to the next item our uh, strategic plan updates. Do you have that, Shannon? Before I touch it, sorry. So this is the uh, plan was written in 20. For a five year period, this is our 2023 update. It's based on our community uh, and mem- member input. So, we sat down and had a number of community meetings to determine what the priorities were from the community. So, it's really the cornerstone of our accreditation process and really drives that. If the community comes out and says, you know, we, we're okay with a 15 minute response time, then that's what you do. So, it's important that we understand what the community's desires and wants are, and then we try and adapt to that. Out of the strategic plan, we had six items, uh, as you can see on the screen. Three of those have been completed. We adopted the community wildfire protection plan uh, last year. Uh, We've completed our special operations management plan that was also completed last year. And our facilities update plan was actually finished here just a couple of months ago. The intent behind that was that we wanted the stations in essence to be self-sufficient. At one point in time, we had to drive downtown to station one to refill our air tanks for our SCBAs. Uh, We now have the resources in place to where all the stations can stay basically in their station and, and get back IN SERVICE AFTER A CALL. THE OTHER THREE THAT ARE STILL IN PROCESS IS A FIRE TRAINING CENTER UPDATE. AS WE CONTINUE TO GROW, WE'RE SPACE LIMITED OVER AT THE PUBLIC SAFETY TRAINING FACILITY. Um, WE JUST DON'T HAVE A LOT OF OPTIONS THERE. WE CAN'T EXPAND. Uh, SO WE'RE CONTINUING TO LOOK AT THAT. Uh, AGAIN, AS WE CONTINUE TO GROW, WE ALSO NEED TO CONSIDER FLEET AND LOGISTICS FACILITIES PLAN. WE'RE CONTINUING TO LOOK FOR PROPERTY uh, IN THE the uh uh, both the town and the district to see if there's a way that we can acquire something uh, that we can build a new facility on uh, that would be able to service our our fleet uh, and then maintain our logistics and then our global technology review we found that we're using like 15 different software programs and we didn't think that was very efficient Uh, we've been going through that process and trying to consolidate it began last year with the replacement of our records management system uh, and we're continuing to move forward on that So public safety, again, reviewed those as well, and staff recommends approval for both of those items. I'll entertain any questions that you have on either the standards of cover or the strategic plan.
1: Any question for chief or staff on either one of those uh, resolutions? Seeing none. I had no one to send to speak. If someone wishes to speak, please approach the podium. And speaking of the microphone, online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone callers can press star 3. And please state your name and whether you are resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. We'll bring back to town council for a possible motion and discussion.
8: Mayor, I move to approve resolution 2023-087 as introduced by title. Second.
1: And there's the floor for first and Laura Cavey for a second. Any-, Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Mayor Pertin Bracken? Skip him.
8: Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes 6 0. Thank you. Mayor, I move to approve resolution 2023 088 as introduced by title.
1: Second. But first by the floor second by tim deets any further discussion roll call vote please
2: Hold on council member hollingshead aye Councilmember member Cavey. yes council lafleur aye Councilmember brooks Aye. Councilmember deets yes mayor for tim bracken skip him mayor gray yes motion passes six zero
1: thank you thank you chief thank you next i'll read in 18, 19, and 20, uh, Ordinance 2023-10, Ordinance Annexing the Town of Castle Rock, Colorado, five acres of land located west of Ridge Road, of Fish Street, and north of Plum Creek Parkway, pursuant to the annexation petition submitted by Barbara J. Lincoln, approved in first reading. Second is, is number 19, 2023-11 2023-11 ordinance approving the initial zoning for five acres of land located west of Ridge Road, south of Fifth Street and north of Plum Creek Parkway, pursuant to the zoning application submitted by Barbara J. Lincoln and amending the existing plan development zoning regulations of 175 acres, Memon Young. Plan development pursuant to a zoning application submitted by Macor LLC and Highline HW Inc. Sorry, HM Inc., which uh, amendment shall, among other things, incorporate said five acres of parcel of land. Number 20, resolution 2023-89, resolution approving the amendment Young amended and a stated development agreement. Tara?
32: Right, thank you Mayor and Council. Happy to be back with you all this evening. Um as the mayor read, two of these items are before you tonight for second reading, so the Mimmam parcel annexation and the and Young PD major amendment. Uh, you heard those at your June 6th meeting where they passed by a vote of 5 to 2 with various um Uh, conditions of approval which i'll talk through Uh, tonight you're also taking action or asked to take action on the mim and young amended and restated development agreement a development agreement is a resolution so it has this one public hearing before you tonight Uh, just i have a very a shorter presentation than I did two weeks ago, but as a reminder for the annexation, that's only the five-acre parcel that you see on the left-hand slide. Uh, That's currently an unincorporated Douglas County, and it is surrounded by property that is within the town of Castle Rock. On the right-hand side of the slide, you see the larger 180.5 acres. Uh, That is subject to the PD amendment, so the zoning amendment, as well as the development agreement. So the zoning changes we're talking about and the development agreement will will also apply to the five acres, uh, but the annexation area is just the five acres. A brief history, um, I talked through previously on the current zoning, um, really that third bottom section of the slide, the area of the amendment young pd uh, that we're looking to amend tonight was a a current zoning is from 1985 it has entitlements on it for 904 dwelling units in that area Um, just over half of those are multifamily units um, and it has uh, just under 59 acres of dedicated land to come to the town so that's what the property is zoned for today Uh, these are the key elements of the proposal uh, that we talked through in in more detail two weeks ago Uh, the reduction in dwelling units is to 560 62 units. Those are all single family um, detached and then paired single family. So that represents a 38% decrease from the zoning on the property today at 904 units. Uh, The open space and parkland is increasing uh, to just under 87 acres. Uh, So a 48% increase. Uh, They are proposing a buffer along the western edge ridgeline. We uh, staff does feel that the annexation piece so just the small five acres uh, in Kind of the middle of the property Um, it does help allow for improved access to the the whole community or the neighborhood as a whole so we uh, view that as a key element and then the two bulleted items come from the uh, condition of approval that we talked about two weeks ago Uh, so the zoning will uh, clearly state that no structures shall be allowed in the major ridgeline area. Uh, we also will very clearly articulate that no future variance application will be considered uh, by the planning commission as would otherwise be allowed by that code section as it sits today, um, as well as a requirement that any future uh, that the site development plan uh, public hearing will um, give them the opportunity to show how they conform with town regulations for access, blasting, and traffic. So those are being added to the site. I really hope that's not my phone back there. Um, For the development agreement, I touched on a lot of these bullets uh, at the last meeting, but tonight is the formal hearing on the resolution for the development agreement we talked about the groundwater rights are dedicating to the town uh, the cash and loo they're paying for the well sites the third bullet i realize i did not highlight uh, two weeks ago uh, but in this development agreement as um, all of our recent uh, either amended ones or new ones in the last couple years we put in a development uh, clause so they're required to complete five hundred thousand dollars in construction on this property and pull their first building permit by the end of 2026 uh, this is a a newer thought process that we're having and putting in place on all of these uh, recently re-amended da's and any new annexations to make sure that we're not sitting here talking about this undeveloped developed parcel in um uh, you know 10 years from now or that we are but we're, we're having that conversation from a different perspective so if they don't achieve this goal they'll be in a development suspension and then they'll be required to come back to town council to ask for uh ability to move forward and you know to give their reasons and why so this gives us more um, teeth in that future discussion on future entitlements if this project doesn't move forward as, as planned between now and 2026. Um, the other elements, we, we did talk through two weeks ago, but they have a water efficiency plan. Uh, they will have to meet all of our stringent landscaping criteria. They'll pay their proportionate share of Ridge Road widening projects. This development agreement has a lot of the details on how much uh, they're obligated uh, to provide uh, to us. Um, to the town, to the community. They're also not allowed to have more than 252 building permits until that ridge road widening is completed, um, or after January 1st, 2025. And of that public land to be dedicated, uh, the majority of all of it comes to the town, uh, with the exception of stormwater detention facilities. Uh, They'll also be conducting a wildland urban interface mitigation assessment uh, by a professional, submitting that to the fire department, and the fire department will determine what mitigation they'll need to do before they convey that open space to us um, i did say it was a shorter presentation so recommendation uh, from planning commission uh, you see on the slide for the mem and parcel annexation again just the five acres uh, the mem and young pd amendment uh, the larger area uh, planning commission does not act on the development agreement that's a contractual obligation between the town and that um, developer and then your previous council action uh, was a 5-2 vote on June 6 with the conditions that I already mentioned um, in the bullets and so for proposed motions, uh, there are three items before you. Uh, the annexation is listed first. Um, I have uh, put in there the conditions as I heard them at the last reading. Uh, second is the Mem and Young PD amendment. So the zoning ordinance with the same conditions from the last meeting. And then the last uh, motion is for the amended and restated development agreement resolution. I also have Alternate motions, uh, because those are a lot of fun too, but this is your wordiest set of slides right here. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions you have at this time on the development. The applicant representatives um, are in the audience and online if there's specific questions, uh, but we did not um, ask them to redo their whole presentation, but it's available if you'd like to see it again.
1: Thank you, Tara. I just wanna make sure that the first um, paragraph is for the first motion, a second one is for the second motion, and a third one is for the third motion.
32: Yeah, the three separate uh, agenda items are on this slide. There's regular approval motions, and then there's, you know, continue to future hearing motions. Um, but I'll go back to the one because I make too many motions here. This is three separate um, actions.
1: Thank you very much. Any questions for Tara before we're going to public comment? Laura Cavey.
7: Could you go back just a couple slides? Yes, ma'am that one mm-hmm. so one two, three, four, five. sixth bullet where it talks about no more than 252 building permits shall be issued until the earlier of one ridge road being widened to four lanes and open for travel or two january 1st 2025 the way this reads to me is that we would go ahead and let them build even if the widening of the four corners wasn't done
32: is that correct um- not the four corners but the widening of ridge road yes and at the time we started negotiating this uh, contract point with the applicant we had not put ridge road out to bid yet we had not started that construction we were uncertain as to when it could happen Uh, but we also wanted to uh, recognize that that it was in our hands to achieve that goal. So now that we're closer, well, the roads under construction and and underway, um, I don't know that we would have probably kept this clause in here if they had applied today, uh, but that's what we had negotiated and wanted to keep with it.
15: Dave, do we
7: feel like the widening of Ridge Road is gonna be completed before um, we start issuing building permits?
25: Yes, I have pretty strong confidence that the widening of Ridge Road will be um, completed, hopefully by the end of this year. There may be some landscaping um, cleanup, but it should be completed by the end of this year. We received the bids today on the Four Corners project. You know what Four Corners mean. I'm gonna explain to everybody else. Four Corners is Fifth Street, Founders, Highway 86, and Ridge Road. We got, the, we got one bid today. It looks like it's a good bid. Um, so you will be seeing that um, hopefully on your, if you gotta get approvals, there's CDOT money involved. There's a bunch of other things. Hopefully you'll be seeing that on your July the 18th um, agenda meeting, which means that it'll get a late summer, early fall start. It'll get winterized and it should get completed by the end of 2024 if that all if that meets that meets with your approval to approve the contract things go well and all of that so but this project has taken a long time to get to you so that in the da we said well we don't want this property to be all built out this was before mortgage interest rates changed all of that we didn't want all this property to get built out until ridge road was completed so we put a, a governor on the amount of building permits they could issue um, until either Ridge Road was finished, or we, we, it's always good to have a specific date as well. So we said January 1 of 2025. We not only think Ridge Road's gonna get completed, hopefully by the end of this year, but we, we think found, or Four Corners will get completed um, by the end of, of 2024.
7: Okay, thank you, I appreciate that.
25: Max
9: Brooks. Uh, since we're on the slide, uh, third bullet point, I have a question about. Um, I just want to clarify that uh, first building permit by December 31st, 2026, or you know, the applicant needs to come back for council. Uh, but that does not remove the uh, conditions of uh, of the approvals that we had placed on it previously. Correct? So it's not like a restart. It's no. basically you have to come back, and but it doesn't restart any of the motions or any of the zoning, the development agreement, anything.
32: Right, we have not had an applicant uh, go through this whole process yet. Uh, but as we wrote it and understand it, the so say they didn't do anything on the property, and now we're we're into 2027. Uh, the developer would be in under a. Uh, suspension clause suspension they would need to come back to town council to give their reasons right what caused the delay was it the economy Uh, was it um, uh, construction difficulties was it financing and they would really have to plead their case to request to continue moving and get an extension of time um, for whatever that might be the decision of council at that time Uh, but it doesn't the, the current zoning is if it's enacted and effective 30 days from now, then it's in place uh, as the zoning. And then if they perform great, if they don't perform, they have to come back here to ask to perform under the current deal. Uh, if they wanna change the current deal, that's a whole new rezoning application.
9: Okay, thank you for the clarification.
1: Yeah. Well, and also like where, we, we st- where we're voting on now is not the SDP, of course. We, we're still waiting for that and that could be a ways out.
32: We have a site development plan application from them under review um, and I don't know the date yet when that would be ready to submit but to get to first building permit they'd have to go through those public hearings, they'd have to um, uh, finish up their construction plans they'd have to construct enough of the street and infrastructure to to build homes so. uh.
1: Okay, and that wouldn't change the first building permit uh, by December 31st, 2026.
32: It does not, they have to, if they pass that date, they have to come back here to this room and talk to that council about what they'd like to do next.
1: Okay, thank you. Any more questions for Tara, Dave, want to clarify something?
25: I I just want to make it clear, I think you all understand it, but members of the public may not. Why do we do this? We're we're not trying to hustle up the development. What we're trying to do is make sure that we're not in the business of just selling development rights for speculation. We're just gonna sit out there for years, decades, and not, not, nothing happens. If somebody's not moving the property within a reasonable period of time, they need to come back. Not start over, start from this as the base and say, well, why haven't you done anything? And by the way, we've changed our rules. We now want you, if you wanna proceed, we now want you to, we now want you to follow the new rules on something else. That's why, because what, what we had done in the past was allow, that this property was originally zoned 1985, and it sat. And, but we we couldn't change any of the rules that they they got originally approved under. So now we wanna be able to say, no, we're gonna put a time limit on these things. So they have to come back to you all and you all decide how they proceed.
1: Thank you. Any more questions for Tara or Dave or staff? Seeing none, I have no one's time to speak. If anyone wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in the microphone. Online, you just may use the raise your, raise your hand feature and phone, phone and callers can press star three, is it your name? And whether you are a resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring it back to town council for proposed motions and discussion. Laura Cavey.
7: So just comments now. Um, So I'm still a no on all of this, but I'm not against the development per se, I'm against the fact that we don't have these other pieces in place when we're approving all of this. So the traffic concerns, the blasting, the rockfall, we haven't done any of the surveys up there. It just seems to me that it's cart before the horse. So once again, if, if this had come before us and all of those things were buttoned up, we didn't have you know four corners at an e you know after we do this development we have you know areas of the plum creek roundabout that are at f's i mean these things to me are not acceptable and they should have been addressed before this ever came before us so if these things get organized i may vote yes but for right now it's no
1: thank you any more discussion or proposed motion
4: I move to approve the amendment parcel annexation ordinance as introduced by title with the condition that the applicant have additional responses on the issues of access, blasting, and traffic at
1: the time of site development plan public hearings. Second. Uh, first by Councilmember Hollinshead, a second by Councilmember LaFleur. Any further discussion? Uh, I don't think that Laura Cavey has uh, um, unreasonable de- uh, demands. Um, unfortunately, that the STP comes after it just doesn't matter it comes after and so those it's it feels kind of like the carpet before the horse but just, it's just not it's these are proposed motions that have to happen before the STP come to us and all those other things are addressed it's just how it, it runs out max brooks
9: just to echo your your comments and and just to kind of put out there to uh, to the public anybody who's following this uh from a voting standpoint you know I've, I've received questions that are as uh, as fine-tuned as how many Metro districts are going to be there it's just we're not we're not at the place now like with the SDP we're not at that at that uh, uh position yet in the in the process so um are there some some questions and concerns in the area especially from residents absolutely yeah there's no doubt about that however I don't share the same cart and horse kind of concerns. I appreciate it. Um, I think that, that, you know, that that's, the SDP is far enough into the future that we're gonna be able to get all of this stuff taken care of, I mean, Ridge Road is, I mean, I'm I'm taking detours through there every day and it's coming along, Um, Dan, it's looking good. (laughs) Uh, So I don't necessarily have those concerns. I I, I get it, Um, but I, I think that there'll definitely be some more questions when it comes to SDP time.
1: No, I understand that completely, and and uh, they have some sed- significant hurdles um, to uh, pass before um, it comes to council again. Um, and so I, I look forward to actually seeing those and seeing how they uh, they can do our uh, our questions and, and concerns um, with that. Any more uh, qu- uh, discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead, aye. Councilmember Cavey, no. Councilmember Lafleur, aye. Councilmember Brooks, aye. Councilmember Deeds, no. Mayor mayor Tem Bracken skip him mayor gray yes motion passes 6-0 thank you what
32: 4-2
2: oh gosh I'm sorry (laughs) I just went on autopilot you are correct 4-2 thank you councilmember Hollingshead
32: (laughs) there are two
20: more motions
4: there are two I move to approve the Mem and young PD amendment ordinance as introduced by title with the condition that there are no residences in the major ridgeline area and that the applicant have additional response on the issues of access, blasting, and traffic at the time of the site development plan public
1: hearings. Second. First by Councilmember Hollinshead, a second by Councilmember Brooks. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please. Hang
24: on
2: a second. Okay. Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Kavey? No. Councilmember Lafleur, aye. Councilmember Brooks, aye. Councilmember Dietz? no. Mayor Pro Bracken, skip him. Mayor Gray, aye. Motion passes four to two. Thank,
1: Thank you.
4: Thank you. All right. I move to approve the amendment Young amended and restated DA resolution as introduced by title.
1: Second. I have a first council Councilmember Hollins and a second by Councilmember Brooks. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Uh, Council Member Hollingshead. Aye. Council Member K.V. No. Council Member Lafleur. Aye. Council Member Brooks. Aye. Council Member Dietz. No. Mayor Pro Bracken. Skip him. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes four to
3: two.
1: Thank you. Moving on to Resolution Twenty One and Twenty Two, I'll read them together and we will vote on separately. Two Thousand Twenty Three Sixty. Sorry. Dash Ninety. Um, resolution approving the construction contract with Colorado Designscapes, Inc. for the Plum Creek North project Park project. The second one is 2022 Resolution 2023-91. Resolution wa- waiving formal written bidding requirement of the basis of sole source, approving as equipment and services acquisition agreement with Landscape Structures Inc. for Plum Creek North Park project. Jeff. Mayor and town
33: council it's a pleasure to be here this evening talking about uh, our next neighborhood park here in castle rock that is the plum creek north park i don't want you to get too caught up on the name of plum creek north because we will be going through a naming process here in the near future with our town manager's office on that so here in castle rock we've had success with our parks trails and open space and most of that is due to the fact that you as town council members have put some tools in place To make this happen we depend upon those to go ahead and implement parks in a timely fashion so let's look at a few of those so what we do in our core level of service is we build parks within a safe safe walking distance of the residents so a half a mile service radius so you will see um, in most of our community surveys that that's pretty good for people that they can get there reasonably they can walk they can get there with their kids so it's a safe distance for them as part of our municipal code, we use the standard of eight developed acres, parks per thousand residents. This is a very um, aggressive um, uh, service level, and it helps us to go ahead and acquire property uh, for those parks to service those residents. We also have impact fees, which you put in place to go ahead and help us fund uh, park construction. We also have a process to assess the plan renovations at our existing facilities to sustain those current levels of service. So you might wonder well what have you guys done recently so let's take a look at that list of accomplishments there on those parks uh, we can start back in 2015 when we went ahead and and uh, constructed philip s miller park and i think uh, you can all recognize that that is uh, uh, pretty much the key to our success here and has really set a standard for this community and has talked about all across the front range and then we followed it up right away with festival park AND even, EVEN BROUGHT THE HEART TO DOWNTOWN CASTLE ROCK. SO AN ABSOLUTELY FABULOUS JOB. NOT STOPPING THERE, DEPUTY Zach S. PARISH THIRD, MEMORIAL PARK. ABSOLUTELY INCREDIBLE AMENITIES THERE TO GO AHEAD AND RECOGNIZE uh, THE CONTRIBUTIONS OF AN INDIVIDUAL IN THE uh, PUBLIC SAFETY COMMUNITY AND ALSO FOR THE PROFESSION. Uh, Cobblestone Ranch many of you were at the opening there. It's um, fantastic response by the community. Butterfield Crossing Park. Uh, Council member LeFleur talked about that earlier and, and what that was for participation. We're working on Mitchell Gulch Park right now and then this is Plum Creek Park North. So on this particular map we have north located to the left. THE DOUBLE YELLOW LINE RUNNING GENERALLY FROM from LEFT TO RIGHT IS PLUM CREEK BOULEVARD. Uh, OFF OF THAT MOVING TOWARDS THE uh, YELLOW POLYGON IS EMERALD DRIVE. Um, WE HAVE SEVEN ACRES OF PROPERTY THERE AND THAT WAS PART OF THE uh, Plum, Creek, PLUM CREEK ACQUISITION. Um, THIS IS 2225 EMERALD DRIVE, AND THAT IS ONE OF THE PRIORITIES ON OUR CAPITAL IMPROVEMENT PLAN. SO A LITTLE uh, PROJECT BACKGROUND ON THIS. So. Um, in 2009, we heard that uh, the uh, golf course was looking at selling this property. It had been previously used for recreational amenities within the community. Um, it had since deteriorated and they weren't able to take care of it to the level that they wanted to. Um, council had, held several executive sessions to go ahead and discuss the potential acquisition. Um, it was available for purchase. Um, council was able to act on that and through a independent appraisal uh, provided by Kilty and Company, we were able Able to acquire at a reasonable price and uh, completed that purchase in 2019 um, it was unfortunate that most of the improvements within that property were uh, beyond repair and we needed to go ahead and demo those but it gave us a nice clean slate to work with in regards to park construction So as part of our our public process, we went ahead and did uh, a a bunch of public input regarding this uh, property. um, Solicited the input from the neighborhood um, through surveys and and open houses. And so uh, what you see here is the the green area is the park property proper. Um, Emerald Drive is on the uh, lower end of that drawing. Um, And it shows basically that we have a number of amenities in here. We stayed with the neighborhood park uh, type scenario. So we have a um, custom shade pavilion structure that will be that's kind of shown in the yellow and white. And we will have that as kind of an anchor to the park um, so we can get everybody to interact socially and gather within the park. Um, We have two playground areas there. So we have a primary playground and an intermediate playground. So what we do typically is separate those out for the age groups. Um, for the children and usually it's separated out by two to five age group and then five to 12 for for those who are a little bit more advanced Um, we also have a half court basketball court we have bocce courts that will be there to serve the community. We have concrete walks that uh, go through the park property and we also have a couple of pickleball courts. We And uh, most of you know that the parking lot up here was in pretty poor shape, so we will be rebuilding that parking lot and creating a new parking lot to uh, address all those uh, drive in visitors to the park. Uh, The park focuses mostly on non irrigated turf. So we made a substantial commitment to that working with our uh, folks over at the water division. So. Um, We have a little bit of creativity in here with our compass plaza. Um, Some of those details that you had seen uh, kind of up at possibilities playground. So a relatively uh, simple design, but uh, plenty of amenities there for the community to enjoy. So as we typically do, we went ahead and, and uh, issued an invitation to bids with Rocky Mountain e-purchasing system. We had two bidders who went ahead and responsive uh, to this project. Colorado Design is a low bidder at just over $3.6 million on the base bid. Um, we used Colorado Design for two projects. We used them for Wrangler Park and they're also working at Mitchell Gulch Park. So um, a contractor that we're very familiar with and very comfortable with the quality of their work. Um, we also had two allowances in there in the bid documents for signage and so for some drainage uh, flared end section pipe Um, so we were looking at a kind of a base bid of about 3.7 what we do typically also is we like to show you what some of the other costs are that are involved in the project that will bring us up to that 4.6 million mark that's still below the next uh, lowest bidder Um, we will go through this so we have the signage and the flare ends bringing us up we have additional costs of the town managed contingency the permit and system development fees Um, we have a playground structure and as you guys know what we've done in the in the recent future is we've decided to start purchasing the playgrounds on our own to avoid the the contractor markup on those and then we have the um, playground uh, manufacturer go ahead and install those so those are an additional cost in there And so we have an overall project Uh, total of four million six hundred forty-six thousand five sixty eighty-eight. dollars You saw that we put, uh, we went ahead and as a placeholder put in $3.5 million last year as we got, uh, as we started going through the design on this. And you uh, recently took a look at the budget amendment and considered that budget amendment earlier tonight in just over $1.1 million. So that kind of summarizes the construction contract, the additional costs and overall project totals. So tonight before you have that proposed motion and some alternate motions. That concludes my presentation. If you have any questions for me.
1: Any questions for Jeff Brower before we move to public comment? I do have one person signed up to speak on this on these two resolutions or one resolution in particular, number twenty-one, George Teal.
14: Thank you mayor and george teal i'm a resident of the crystal valley ranch neighborhood and um, uh, it is also my honor and privilege to uh, work with all of you as a friend and colleague as one of your three douglas county commissioners but this item actually has nothing to do with my role as a douglas county commissioner but it has a lot to do with a role When I referred back to our previous time you heard from me this evening, of those 3,350-ish days ago, uh, Plum Creek neighborhood was really being torn apart. And it was being torn apart uh, over this piece of land. It had to do with the fact that the country club was defunct. The public golf course at Plum Creek was struggling. And there was people that were worried that it would, um, the, the owner at the time, was actually going to sell it all off for infill development. And um, it, you had people on both sides of the, you know, we need this land that's before you right now for funding to, as a park. We need that developed. We need 77 homes to go in there in order to make sure the golf course can survive. And then you had others in the neighborhood who would tell you, absolutely not. No way. Uh, I give the mayor. A great deal of credit, and this is truly one of my. This is an example of one of my proudest moments as a member of this council, um, because uh, I think Jason, I, uh, Mayor, I, I approached you and I said, "Hey, let's do this," and you didn't. Uh, you didn't hardly even balk. You said, "Yeah, let's try to work it out," and I think we knocked something in the neighborhood of two million dollars off the uh, the the purchase. No? but yeah, we we knocked a We knocked a lot off is what i said but um we did the work as a council and um, secured this property for the town for perpetuity you guys are finishing that process tonight i cannot speak highly enough in advocacy of the staff recommendation to proceed i uh, heartily endorse their plan and uh, i do ask you uh, as a friend and colleague. And as a neighbor, uh, to vote yes. Thank you all very much. It's great seeing you, but uh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get pizza now.
1: <laughs> Thank you, George and Commissioner Teal. I have no one else to speak. If someone wishes to speak, please approach the podium or speak in the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and callers by star three. Please state your name and whether you are a resident, non resident, or a business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll we close the public hearing and bring it back to town council for further discussion and a possible motion.
11: I move to approve the resolution as introduced by title.
8: Second.
1: I have a first by Councilmember member Deeds, a second by council member Lathour. Any further discussion? Laura Cavey.
7: Just wanna say thank you because we know in all the surveys, right, that parks and open space are, are a big deal to this community. So anytime that we can, you know, Accommodate that. I know that money doesn't grow on trees, but anytime that we can accommodate that and give the residents what they want, um, I'm I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank
1: you, Max Brooks.
9: You know, a little bit of a hard swallow at four and a half million dollars for you know for a park, but I mean I get it. That's kind of going right now. I would have liked to have thought that three thousand three hundred and something days ago, we would have been able to save a little bit of money on that, right? um but to your comments Councilwoman Cavey exactly you know that's what you see repeated in the in the survey you know it's open space it's parks you know it was important many years ago it's important now it, probably even more important uh, and it's just you know it's so it's good so thank you for bringing forward a, a really cool looking project and in, in design that has a, like you said you know it maybe it's simple but it provides a lot of different opportunities so it's well thought out thanks
1: well good comments um it, it is it was almost four years ago and uh we knew four years ago that it was, it was going to hit the back burner that it was it was not going to be a park that we did right away there were several other parks um that had priority cobblestone ranch for example and other parks that um that we already had plans for and so this one here we knew would be on the back burner for a while um we also knew it, it would, it would cost, cost a lot more at that time to, to put it off and so um I'm glad we can do it now. I think, I think we're actually, we were we were planning on doing it in about two or three more years, and I think we were able to do it you know, a little sooner than, than we thought, so I do appreciate it. Any more discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Council Member Hollingshead. Aye. Council Member Cavey. Yes. Council Member LaFleur. Aye. Council Member Brooks. Aye. Council Member Dietz. Yes. Mayor Patum Bracken. We'll skip him. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes,
8: 6-0. Thank you. Mayor, I move to approves, approve Resolution 2023-091 as introduced by title.
1: Second. I missed a second. Is that Max? Okay. Thanks, Max. I have a first by Desley LaFleur, second by Max Brooks. Any further discussion? We'll call vote. We'll call vote, please.
2: Council Member Hollingshead? Aye. Council Member Cavey? Yes. Council Member LaFleur? Aye. Council Member Brooks? Aye. Council Member Deeds? Yes. Mayor Patten Bracken? Skip him, Mayor Gray. Aye. Motion passes 6 0.
1: Thank you. Moving on to Resolution 2020, sorry, Resolution Number 23 as 2023 92, Resolution Approved in the Fourth Amendment for a Town of Castle Rock Services Agreement with Barker, Rinker, uh, CCAT, Architecture, PC, and Design Development and Construction Documents for the Castle Rock Sports Development Center. Am I reading in the 24 as well, Dave?
33: No.
1: thank you go ahead jeff
33: mayor town council it's a pleasure to be with you again here tonight to talk about the potential sports development center um, as, as you look at the title of this resolution it appears relatively simple it's a professional services agreement and extending that um, it's an expensive one but it's it's just a sim- it's a simple professional services agreement but it's really quite a bit more than that and so tonight We're gonna go ahead and do a joint presentation for you. Um, We have asked uh, Tony and Zach. Uh, Tony representing Confluence Companies and the CEO and founder of that company. And then Zach with BRS is our lead architect on the project. And so we're gonna go ahead and team up and provide a little bit of presentation for you. And we're gonna show you kind of the why and the how of the Sports Development Center and give you some consideration uh, for advancing this project. It's hard to believe that since 1986, the town of Castle Rock has thoughtfully planned, implemented, and maintained public recreation facilities. Why is that important? Well, when you take a look at your community survey, you start looking at active lifestyles, health and wellness, our youth development, which you've heard a lot about lately, and our multi-generational and social interaction. All very important components of parks and recreation um, throughout the Castle Rock history. We talked about the tools that council puts in place to go ahead and make this happen. We have our parks and recreation master plan. We have our strategic plan that lays out a day-to-day strategy for making it happen. We have our indoor recreation feasibility study, which council supported and endorsed for the development of a new recreation facility. why do we do this we know that our community is active we know that uh, we need to keep up with this in a positive manner to give folks the opportunity to recreate here in castle rock in their own community what we've done here is we've had our recreation staff highlight for you the wait list on our programs right now or for the last three years WHAT YOU SEE IN THE SMALL CIRCLES THERE, 21, 22, AND 23 REPRESENTS THE YEARS. Uh, WE REPRESENT THE PROGRAMS THAT WE HAVE FROM ATHLETICS, AQUATICS, CAMPS, AND ARTS AND ENRICHMENTS. AND THEN WE TELL YOU HOW MANY KIDS ARE WAITLISTED FOR THOSE PROGRAMS. THOSE ARE SOME PRETTY HIGH NUMBERS. THAT'S A PRETTY HIGH DEMAND. Okay. Usually what we found since we started doing our recreation facilities when we build them or when we do an addition to them We're at capacity at the time. We open those facilities So we're always just a step behind So I wanted to go ahead and kind of reinforce that need that we have here within Castle Rock in our local community What else did the community say they said that of all the facilities and parks and recreation that they would like to add in the next few years it's a, it's a Castle Rock Recreation Center. Pretty clear. So what have we done so far? So there are three steps in this process and we've gone through two of them at this point in time. And this item really concerns that third step. So you guys endorsed the feasibility study that we con- conducted through 2021 to assess our community programming needs THE DEVELOPMENT COSTS AND TO LOOK AT THE OPERATIONAL IMPACT AND TO SET A GENERAL TIMELINE FOR WHEN THAT MIGHT BE FEASIBLE. THE BRS CREW WENT AHEAD AND SET UP SCHEMATIC DESIGNS TO IDENTIFY FACILITY PROGRAMMING TO SET SOME INITIAL COST estimates, SO WE COULD GO AHEAD AND TAKE A LOOK AT THAT BUDGET AND SEE WHERE we, WE MIGHT LIE IN REGARDS TO PRIORITIES. WE ALSO TOOK A LOOK AT SCHEMATIC DESIGNS THAT WERE REFLECTIVE OF THAT PROGRAMMING REQUIREMENTS. AND THEN WITH A SITE, WE TOOK A LOOK AT ELEVATIONS AND RENDERINGS TO SEE HOW THAT MIGHT FIT IN WITH THE CONCEPT THAT WE HAD GOING WITH OUR POTENTIAL PARTNER. THIS NEXT PHASE IS ABOUT DESIGN DEVELOPMENT. SO WE'RE GETTING INTO THE DETAILS, WE'RE GETTING INTO THE WINDOWS, THE DOORS, THE WALLS, THE SURFACING, uh, THE FLOORS, THE MATERIALS AND THE FINISHES, AND THEN PREPARING THOSE DRAWINGS FOR CONSTRUCTION AND FOR BIDDING. GENERALLY THE WAY WE SEE THIS ON THE PROJECT SCOPE, AND THIS REALLY IS THE SCOPE WITH OUR POTENTIAL PARTNERS HERE THAT IT HIGHLIGHTS. BUT WE SEE, IF COUNCIL APPROVES THIS TONIGHT, WE SEE THE CONSTRUCTION DRAWINGS AND THAT DESIGN DEVELOPMENT TO RUN CONCURRENTLY WITH A REZONING OF THE BRICKYARD PROPERTY. And you guys have reviewed that previously. We look at this time frame of running concurrently with a development agreement to be able to go ahead and secure a development agreement sometime around the fall of 2023 to outline what's going to happen within that development. And that is your choice. That is council's direction on how that development agreement might look. The project scope also includes, at this point in time, is the confluence companies doing the bidding and contract administration for this project once our design development and contract drawings are done. So at this point in time, I wanted to go ahead and introduce Tony from Brickyard and Confluence Companies and he will walk you through a little bit of the development that they have proposed. And then Zach will follow with some outline of the architectural highlights. And then I will come back to you with uh, a final on what this might cost for you and your decision. I'm Turn over to him.
34: hi good evening my name is tony DeSimone with confluence companies um, good to see you tonight you know as we've worked through this process uh, we are we have begun the public process we are going through entitlements as we speak and um, just thought it would be a really great opportunity to update you and the public on where we are with the site um, you know this was the, the site of the former acme brick plant which was abandoned in 2018. Uh, we acquired the site in 2020. And uh, work closely um, with the Millers Landing folks to try to help them. And you know, as the town put forth the RFP for a, a future potential recreational facility site, we saw it as an opportunity to um, to be able to give back to the town and, and do something special. The Brickyard site is 31 acres, and we knew we could. Figure out a way of uh, carving off a piece of that to, um, um, to to dedicate to the town to be able to provide a, a site for a future facility, and so and you'll see based on where it's located, it kind of makes a lot of sense on on how central it is. So um, so with that, I'll take you through just briefly um, on where we are today. So um, before we do that, though, just real quick on on our track record in town, um, we started developing here. Uh, acquiring land back in 2015 with the goal of really making castle rock a better place just giving a place for people to live work and and dine and recreate and do things and and it's fun to see that come to life especially a night like tonight on a tuesday and and downtown's packed and people are at restaurants doing things so it brings us a lot of joy to be able to um, do these things in the community with high quality Um, but the biggest thing is what we show you is what we'll deliver. And sometimes it's hard to tell from these renderings what's real and what's not. And so the renderings on the left-hand side and the actual images are on the right. But what you'll see is how strikingly similar they are um, of what we propose and what we actually do. So, um, but there's a lot of advantages of working with us. Number one is we know we can save the town money in doing what we're proposing to do. Um, You know, the project has the ability to take on some of some of the responsibilities that would normally be um, the towns and i can show you that in the next slides um, as i go through it um, but we can do it faster and we can do it at high quality so um, so i'll take you through where we are today and just for everybody's familiarity um, this is the site here the brickyard's in the middle it's kind of in the heart of town as you, as you see it Um, right adjacent to Miller's Landing, but there's some really great opportunities here. And in yellow, you'll see that trail connection of, you know, there's some really great trails that exist throughout the community. What we're proposing to do, this is kind of that missing puzzle piece that will really connect all these things. And the first is the trail system, really with the goal of connecting downtown all the way to the MAC, and then as as this goes throughout um, Castle Rock. And then the next thing is, this is really the missing puzzle piece for the transportation network. In town as well, and the ability to continue Prairie Hawk through um, from from Wolfensburger to Plum Creek, and so the project is proposing to take on a a, a big share of that those improvements, especially offsite as well. So, so um, so we are working with a blank slate today. We are actively demoing the site. We spent about two million dollars clearing the old brick facility. It is a hazard and a nuisance, um, and and. Uh, Castrock PDA has been great to work with to remove folks from the site. Thank you. Um, but but some really great opportunities. And first is really dedicating that 11 acres you see there. Um, this is really an 86 million dollar facility. And I believe the the project has the ability to offload about 16 million dollars of infrastructure from the facility to include parking and some of the roads, stormwater and things like that. So to the town, um, that's a pretty significant benefit and so we we believe we can get the the cost of the town down to 70 million Um, this is a a pretty substantial facility at 144,000 square feet Um, but uh, with that we'll do some infrastructure work and really bring that first phase of residential in when you think of this phase think of riverwalk so mixed use ground floor commercial space residences above and then a second phase to follow of, of residential um, it's important to get these components in first, and I think the real opportunity here is we have the ability to bring a higher service hotel to Castle Rock, and so we have a brand called the Eddy in Downtown Golden that has been really successful for us, and we wanna bring that brand to Castle Rock, branded specifically for this location, um, but this would be a 125 key hotel with some added features, um, some really great food and beverage, We'll be able to bring some uh, some office space and on top of that food and beverage component would be a conference and banquet facilities. So think about the chamber dinner that we have to go out of town for can now be held in town and really centrally located on site Um, and then some standalone restaurants as well. So another really great district within Castle Rock that's really walkable to downtown um, and throughout the site. And then lastly is a um, is a subsequent uh, phase of lower density residential as you head north to the site. And you'll see on the right-hand side, um, there's, there's a really great connection to the park and trail systems. We're proposing some additional park space that we would privately maintain and open to the public as well. So um, just a really great district, uh, kind of a, um give castle rock a competitive advantage in the market by having a sports center that has all these great features walkable and right near it. so park one time and experience all these things so um so with that i'll show you some precedent imagery down below and this is we we've modeled this site after the pearl in san antonio and you'll see some of those precedent images down below but if, if anyone's familiar with it, it's a really great transformation of the Pearl Brewing Company. It's activated that, that area. It's a 20-acre site in San Antonio. So we've drawn a lot of that inspiration from that site. And then going by the numbers, um, we're proposing a $373 million investment here. If you think about all the things that were done in downtown Castle Rock that, that we have contributed to, we've invested $175 million. So we're proposing twice the investment at this site. Um, this would uh this would also create 12 million dollars in impact fees to police and fire in schools and i think you know to me this is really the best part of the whole thing is through the sales and lodging tax of the hotel we're able to offset a third of the cost of this facility for castle rock this will generate 40 million dollars to the town um, through those through those programs, so so with that, um, and the next, the most exciting part, I'm going to turn over to uh, Zach with BRS.
35: Good evening. Uh, my name is Zach Biesek with BRS Architecture. I'm a principal at the firm, and I'm excited here to show you the updates on the actual sports center. Uh, portion of the project um, that's part of our current contract Um, what you see here is a kind of a zoomed in view of that 10 acre area with the 144,000 square foot sports center facility that Tony mentioned uh, and uh, the associated parking mostly on the south and west side. Um, THAT RED ARROW UP THERE IS AN INDICATOR BECAUSE WE'RE GOING TO SHOW YOU A LITTLE FIVE MINUTE ANIMATION uh, THAT GIVES YOU AN INSIDE OF THE EXTERIOR AND INTERIOR OF THE facility's SCHEMATIC DESIGN AND THAT ARROW IS KIND OF WHERE THE ANIMATION IS GOING TO START. SO WE'RE GOING TO START IN THAT NORTHWEST CORNER OF THE FACILITY and, AND FLY YOU AROUND THE BUILDING HERE IN A SECOND. <clears throat> um, Here's the overall schedule for the facility um, as as Jeff kind of led to that um, project entitlement in fall of 2023, all the way extending to um, the final brickyard phase in 2028. All right, here we go. So this is from that northwest corner. um, As we come around to the. north elevation the building is really a mix of brick and glass um, really tying to uh, the brickyard development and uh, the rest of the historical nature of the site exposed steel structure lots of views and connections to the brickyard to the north um, both um, great connections physically but also visually as you come around to the south side of the facility this corner on the southeast side is that indoor aquatics and auditorium portion of the building, translucent plant panels is the design intent to give a really glow from the exterior, but also provide great balanced light for the indoor space, great lighting for the swimmers inside. This is a view of that South entry. There's a couple entries I'll highlight later in the presentation. As we keep swinging around, there's an outdoor turf area that's a flexible space. It's fenced in, it's got shaded canopies, uses for outdoor athletics, youth camps, Youth events, um, other sort of uh, fitness and training can spill out from the indoor space to this area, as well as a variety of community non-recreation events um, can can occur in this turf area. So really a flexible space for the the parks in the city to utilize. As we now kind of. FLY IN TOWARDS THE ENTRY OF THE BUILDING THIS IS THE SOUTH ENTRY OF THE FACILITY THIS WOULD BE uh, OFF OF THAT MAIN PARKING LOT A LOT OF YOUR TYPICAL uh, DAY USE USERS OR uh, GENERAL um, PAID USERS WOULD COME IN PROBABLY TYPICALLY FROM THIS ENTRY. Um, as, you, as soon as you get inside, you see this main concourse. You have lots of views of the activities. There's a sloping adventure track that we've designed uh, to the left. Um, in addition to a, a typical flat track, this gives um, two different levels of courses for the various users of the facility. When you turn to the right, now you get a glimpse right away of that indoor aquatics natatorium space. It's a 25 meter by 25 yard competition lap pool. 11 lanes, ability to have diving. Um, and, a, and then a, there's also a four lane warm up pool in addition to the competition pool. Spectator seating is raised up there in the background for about 190 spec, spectators at a time. As we move to the center, you get this glimpse of a potential two story indoor playground space next to the main check in. The main check in facility is right in the center of the facility, uh, a welcoming space that is that checkpoint for people to pay for their admission or, or have an annual pass that's swiped we walk down this main hallway, we go towards two of the fitness studios. These are opportunities for more of that group X fitness class um, workout spinning traditional spinning and even more immersive um, spinning or fitness studios, the ability to provide something unique uh, in the community and for the, the front range as well. back outside as we turn back around we're going to go back towards that um, main entry you can see this um, flat level track around one of the auxiliary gyms this gym has the ability to have two middle school courts two volleyball courts You get a glimpse of some of the cardio on the upper level and then as we look back across the hallway. This is looking back into the entry of that spectator seating space into the natatorium across the hall also has a multi use indoor um, multi purpose space. A moderate size seats about 300 people again for banquets meetings team events a lot of the team events will happen and program in here and then a lot of low impact fitness can also happen in that space. The, the cardio fitness weights area is a multi-level space. Cardio up high, um, free weights, circuit training, um, functional training out down at the lower level. A lot of flexibility. About 6,000 square feet of fitness space. Views back into the pool on the lower level, and then uh, some other additional multi-use rooms, party rooms, and then esports gaming rooms potentially in these lower-level classroom spaces here you get a glimpse of that lower level of that indoor two-story uh playground space for all ages you know we really want this to uh, be planned for uh, more than just you know young toddlers on the second level um next to the check-in there's a child watch zone again this is a short-term child watch for parents anyone grandparents coming to work out for a, a short time they can drop their kids off and then the main uh north part of the gym is you know roughly 40,000 square feet of an indoor courts field house for all kinds of court sports volleyball basketball pickleball wrestling um, and and then all the camps and other things can go on um, a variety of uses here in that court space and then these concourses that we've been walking through these are circulation spaces but they're also large enough for um, breakout areas for waiting areas for when Teams are coming for camps, for tournaments. They have areas to hang out, to wait between their their matches, their games, whatever it might be. This north concourse, back towards the top, is is an area to set up for check-ins, uh, set up for tournament, set up scheduling, um, sign-ups, queuing areas for any large event, and then another additional flex space, a uh, rooftop patio on this northeast corner that can be used for small fitness classes, other community events, um, gatherings, rentable space. And being in that northeast corner potentially has a great view of the, the, the castle rock. Um, so you know iconic rental space I think it could become. And then we kind of end here with just the final view of that, that north uh, elevation of the building. Just very briefly, we have some some kind of dollhouse floor plan views um, to give you a sense of what the building looks like from a floor plan. This first image identifies those entry points with the red arrows in connection to the brickyard to the north. This here kind of highlights that concourse and where that central check in is so you're really allowing people to come in you know, use those spaces, gathering spaces, um, whether they're parents or some that may not be a member, but be their part of the facility um, until you get to the check-in. The facility was do- designed uh, with access in mind, as well as management of uh, programming opportunities. So the ability to really control access and entry into the competition gym field house um, was a main focal point. So the staff can run a tournament, run a league, while the rest of the facility is used by day-use users and, and there's separate control points, <clears throat> and this image kind of shows um, if, if there's a field house event going on, the other amenities that are accessed by the, the annual or day pass users that are separate from the field house space. And then finally, uh, another view, 3D view of that elevated adventure track that goes up over um, that check-in desk, really connecting um, the overall large track and then the smaller track around the small activity court. This last slide here is, is from a, if you, number a the numbers and statistics and, and what the programs are. These are all the program elements that are included within the facility. I won't go through them all in detail, uh, but this is all based off the previous feasibility work and the requests of um, the feedback we've had over the last couple years.
33: SO COUNCIL YOU'RE PROBABLY ASKING WELL CAN WE GET THERE YOU HAVE A LOT OF DIFFERENT PRIORITIES BEFORE YOU A LOT OF DIFFERENT FUNDING MECHANISMS SO THIS GOES THROUGH OUR uh, CONCEPTUAL COSTS THAT WE'VE IDENTIFIED AS PART OF THE PROJECT THROUGH OUR uh, uh, SITE DESIGN AND OUR ARCHITECTURAL DESIGN AND uh, BASICALLY SHOWS YOU THAT THE COST OF THAT uh, SPORTS DEVELOPMENT FACILITY ROUGHLY IN THE 70 MILLION DOLLAR RANGE WE HAVE DESIGN FEES um we have park capital reserves that we can apply to this so we look at a uh, finance package somewhere in the 56 million dollar range that equates to on a 30-year mortgage essentially at a 4.55 cop lease payment of three million five hundred thousand so as we indicated earlier one of the tools that we have in our toolbox is impact fees so if we calculate and estimate that we can do 300 single family dwelling units per year that generates about 2.4 million dollars for parks and recreation Um, we've developed a concept with using brickyard tax increment and lodging tax and a share back proportion between the developer uh, generally of about 1.2 million dollars giving us the total revenue available for that lease payment of about 3.6 million dollars all of this is negotiable through the development agreement but this is uh, generally the concept that we've developed uh, for this project um, you have you do have so i wanted to go through the the budget FOR THE ACTION ITEM THAT WE HAVE TONIGHT, AND THAT IS THE CONSIDERATION um, WITH BRS FOR THE DESIGN DEVELOPMENT AND THE CONSTRUCTION DRAWINGS. AND THAT TOTAL CONTRACT AUTHORIZATION IS ABOUT $2.5 MILLION. THIS ISN'T WITHOUT RISK. Um, YOU HAVE SOME OFF-RAMPS AS PART OF THIS PROCESS. Um, THROUGH THIS CONTRACT IS ONE OF THOSE. Um, THROUGH THE NEGOTIATION OF THE DEVELOPMENT AGREEMENT, YOU HAVE AN OFF-RAMP. So that we will build those in with our wonderful legal staff by our side, we'll build those off ramps for town council if for some reason, um, this becomes um, uh, not manageable for the town. But we think that we have uh, laid out a, uh, a, a good um, concept and a reasonable road to getting to a sports development center here in Castle Rock and we think we've given you a road to committing to wellness and health and being responsive to the community needs here in Castle Rock. So um, at this point in time, we'll conclude our presentation and we'll open it up for questions and uh, we entertain questions for, for any of us who have presented here tonight. I imagine there
1: questions. Uh, we'll start with Laura Cavey.
7: Can you go back one slide, Jeff? Or, no, maybe one more. That one. Yep. So, some of my questions are you know, we're spending an awful lot of money on CVI, right? I know it's not the same buckets of money, but it's still taxpayer money. And we're struggling, I think, some to make CVI happen without kind of outside assistance. If we use up $10 million of the park's capital reserves, is that every penny we have in there?
33: It, it's the money that we have available at this point in time. But remember that each time, each time we do a single family dwelling unit in Castle Rock, we're adding to those impact fees. So we keep accumulating over time uh, with that. So that's what we would, would have available at that point in time Um, That's what we've calculated with our finance department of what would be available.
7: So I guess that's somewhat concerning to me, particularly when, um, you know, we're kind of in a downturn at the moment, right? We're not really generating a lot of impact fees. And I'm sure it will come back around, but who's to say exactly when that's going to happen? My other question is, it's a lease payment. Who are we leasing this from?
33: we lease this from confluence companies so they will um convey the property to us and then lease back and then we pay those cop's did i say that right dave well there's
25: there's two there's two different options yeah. when when we get to the point of um if completely separate if brookyard gets all of their land use entitlements right. and we get to the point of a development agreement with them then we're going to need to make a decision um, in regards to how are we going to have this facility constructed, if that's what we want to do, we're going to have we have two different options. One option is is that Confluence Companies has offered to do a lease purchase for us, where we would we would lease the building, and then at the end of the term of the lease, we would then pay a dollar and then own it. And that's where you see there the um, the lease purchase laid out three years at 4.55 percent We mu- 30 years. For, for, for 30 years another option is is that we could own the building and then we could issue that what we call certificates of participation under colorado law they're not debt they're essentially a mortgage on the property it also bears an interest rate and we would have to pay it Either way, whether it's a lease purchase or a certificate of participation, it is a debt service or lease service that has to be paid. And so what we've looked at is, um, so, so that at that point, you, you, you have an off-ramp or an exit ramp there if you don't like the entitlements, which you're not prejudging now. You have an exit ramp if you don't like the, the structure of, the, of, of going ahead and building it. What we've tried to do here is estimate what we think the revenue would be as necessary. 30-year COP at 4.55% has a debt service or a lease payment of a little bit over $3.5 million. So you have to figure out how do you come up with that revenue. The primary revenue would come from the impact fees that development pays um, whenever they pull a residential building permit, single family or multifamily,
7: Is that for all impact fees in all of Castle Rock or is that impact fees just for the brickyard?
25: No, that is for all impact fees. This is a facility for all the entire community. It's for all impact fees um, in, um, for in, in, within the community. And that's, we think it's conservatively estimated based upon our recent history uh, 300 single-family dwelling units. That's about what we're averaging this year. Yeah. We're we're doing about a single-family building permit per day. So we're going to probably get somewhere between 350-400 single-family building permits this year, which is at the historic low end. Um, and so so that's that's where you get that that amount at 2,400. And I don't think we even assume that they're escalated. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. There's no inflation figure to that. We obviously think over the life of the lease, we're going to increase the per, dole, the per dwelling unit amount for building um, for impact fees. Then the other revenue source that in this concept is set out is is that the developer has proposed that the development would get some of the property tax and sales tax increment through a URA, urban renewal authority. And then that also some of it would then come to the town. And under this proposal, the amount that would be coming from the town from the brickyard tax increment, and then the lodging tax on the hundred and twenty-five key hotel, that would generate roughly one point two million in change per year. That's where you get the three point six million, which is more than the lease payment. This is and, and I want to make it very clear, well we're We don't think it's responsible to proceed with construction documents unless we've got some idea of how we're going to pay for it. But a lot of this needs to be further refined through 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 the entitlement process and the negotiation process. What we're trying to do is respond to the need that we see, a need for a recreation center. We've gone through a process. We think this is an excellent site for it because it will have proximity to both Wolfensburger and eventually to Plum Creek Parkway. People wanna be near kind of a small residential park like Plum Creek Park. They don't necessarily wanna have their residence next to a 140,000 square foot recreation center that's gonna be open from five in the morning until 1130 at night. So this is a good location because it's far removed from single family residences, which is kind of hard to do in this, in this community. So we think that this is a pretty good site to meet that, to meet that need. And we think the next step is to do the final design work to keep this project moving and see if we can't get close to that last column and being able to pay for the facility. Keep in mind that when we did the the Miller Activity Center, Phillip S. Miller Park, we think that's been a hugely successful asset for the community. We had to cobble together any number of different revenue streams for that. I came here in 2015 and Jeff showed me a chart, and he had to finish it up with the amphitheater and all that. We came up with a number of different revenue sources. There was some money from the county. There was some money from general fund, and then there was some money from impact fees. Um, and then we also had to issue debt. We didn't call it debt; we called it certificates of participation. We're paying that off at the end of this year. Yes. Paying it off ahead of time, as we can, and it's ad- financially advantageous to it. So it's, we think it's entirely appropriate to have um, a, a larger facility be paid for over time. But we're, th- this is a project where you've got a number of different steps. This is the next step to get it into design. But we've got concurrent with this, but it's also separate, is do you agree with the uh, the land use entitlements there? Do you agree with the multifamily? Do you agree with... Uh, the retail, the event center, the 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 lodging, and all of that. Um, if that somehow falls apart, we're going to have to look for a different site. Um, if it all comes together to your satisfaction, we we think that this is a good site for a sports center. If it can, if it if the numbers still hold, hold true. So I, don't, I think I've drifted a little bit from answering your question, so.
7: No, no, and that's helpful. I get that the the um, area is good, is a good site. I understand that. I guess I'm just more concerned about the money and I'm more concerned about like future parks, concerned about, you know, and we talk about buying, trying to find additional open space. I mean, if we take it at face value, right, we're, we're, we have like $150,000 left over a year. So that's. It, that, so, that, so
25: that, how, that, that is at that, at that very conservative level.
7: Right, so like how are we gonna do more $5 million parks?
25: That, right. Well, what, what, well that, that, that is correct. One, one of the things that we've tried to do, for example, is when we get a canyons far south, we tell them, you build the park developer. Not gonna put it on impact fees. The, the other thing is is that we have been, I think, conservative on single-family dwelling units. Right. I mean this just doesn't even include any multifamily. So we, th- we think that there's going to be more growth. There may not be. Um, we can't control that. And at some point we have grown out of uh, you know we, we will have built out. So, but we will also have built a lot of parks. We've got a lot of parks being built now, and they're paid for. You just paid for another one this evening. So I, I think there's a, there's a comfort level with it, but yeah, this is, this is saying that for our impact fee money, this is our highest priority. That's what that's, you, are, you are saying. And I think that's a very good point, council Member, when you're talking about how you're trying to prioritize these things. You're saying with your parks impact
1: fee money, this is the top priority.
7: That's correct. Correct.
1: Before we move on, want <clears throat> to move on to more questions, we should go ahead and vote on moving the meeting from 9:30 to 10.
8: I move to uh, continue the meeting from 9:30 to 10 p.m.
1: Second, the first one, Councilmember Lafleur. Second by Councilmember Holland. Said. Um, any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Holland. Aye. Councilmember K.B. Yes. Councilmember Lafleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Deeds? Yes. Assuming Mayor Pro Tem Bracken is not online. Still, okay, uh, Mayor um, Gray.
1: Yes, thank you.
2: Motion passes six zero. Thank you.
1: Thank you. um you have any follow up questions before other questions? No, no, no. That's good. Any more questions from staff or to staff? Um, Seeing no questions for staff, I have no one outside to speak. It is someone who wishes to speak, please approach the podium, speak into the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and callers to press start three. Please state your name and whether you are resident, non-resident, or a business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Thank you.
8: Mayor, I move to oh, go ahead, Ryan.
4: I, just, I mean, I think this is one of the most exciting things that could come to this town. I mean, this is this is everything that we want and fill, fulfills a ton of needs that this community deserves. And I think you guys are dreaming big. And it's if, if we, you know, we can wait and save up for something like this, and we're going to end up with a smaller rec center that costs twice as much in five, six, seven years down the road. So I, I just think it's you know, same thing you tell your your friends when they're trying to save up for a house. Sometimes you're never going to be ready, but if you know that. You know, the, the long term projections are good. We got to do it, and uh, this is a, a great partnership. We've seen it in the past, you guys have come through time and time again. So, um, I think the time is right.
8: I move to approve the resolution as introduced by title.
1: Second, uh, first by Diz of the floor, second by Ryan Hollinshead. Any further discussion? I'd like to uh, speak in favor of it and, and a couple other things. One is the cost is. is is really up there, and, and it's, 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 it's concerning. It should be concerning. Um, but it's also the number one thing that our residents want. I think open space and a rec center um, are the two things our residents really want. Um, couple other things. Uh, last week, I attended a, a church revival type event uh, camp at the event center here, Douglas County Event Center. 55 churches um, statewide. Um, most of those people stayed in Lone Tree and Parker and not in Castle Rock because they couldn't find hotels in Castle Rock. Um, So that was, it was, I had several conversations with pastors who um, thought it was odd that there were a lot more uh, places to stay in Parker compared to Castle Rock when they have two-thirds of the population. Um, And so that was, that was, Unfortunately, because I think that, that's a we're missing out on a big demographic that comes here every weekend, and actually stays somewhere else. Um, two is um, is just, it's just what our community wants. It's it's a lot of money, um, but I think that um, it's just going to be a front range amenity, not only for Castle Rock, uh, most importantly for Castle Rock, um, but we're going to see people. Um, Come here from all over uh we do we already see people come come from all over um it'll be even more more so i i do appreciate it i think the if we're not concerned about a, the cost and we're not doing our job as council members um, but we also have to see the benefit um and that's why i speak in favor of it any, any more discussion roll call vote please
2: council member hollingshead aye council member cavey yes council member lafleur aye council member brooks Aye. Council Member Dietz? Yes. Mayor Patan Bracken? Skipping him, Mayor Gray. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you.
2: Motion passed unanimously.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Number 24, Ordinance 2023-15, Ordinance Mending Table 64-1, Section 17.54040, the Castro Municipal Code, regarding multifamily residential space requirements, parking space requirements. Tara.
32: All right, good evening. We've had um, a variety of discussions on multifamily parking previously. So tonight we have the proposed ordinance change for your consideration. I do wanna start with this map that again shows the areas most likely to be affected by any changes. um, If they are passed tonight, the areas highlighted in yellow. Um, are all areas subject to the current municipal code, um, and have not yet been built on with multifamily. Uh, the areas in the teal blue are, already exist, uh, constructed today. The darker blue areas without the yellow boxes are ones that are in planned developments uh, that have slightly different regulations and are vested. So, just want to make sure that um, if you've got any questions on that, we can come back to this slide. Um, Brief and simple, one chart for you guys to look at tonight. Uh, The current code uh, for multifamily parking has uh, that top air, uh, top row is for multifamily regular not age restricted uh, you can see that in the current requirements in the middle column it's based on the size of the units uh, studios one two or three bedroom units uh, and our proposal in the far right column is showing two parking spaces per unit um, downtown multifamily parking is currently regulated at one space per unit uh, we're proposing 1.25 spaces per unit And senior multifamily, which is uh, age restricted to 55 and over, uh, is currently in our code as one space per unit, plus the employee per maximum shift um, number. And so we're proposing that at 1.1 spaces per unit. So this ordinance is very straightforward. It just updates this table, 64-1, generally, as you see here. Um, I do want to make sure it's clear that there are some applications that have been submitted to the town today that are required to follow the current regulations. So these uh, proposed changes, um, if adopted, uh, 30 days after second reading is when they become effective so for some active applications we have today they would follow the middle column they follow what's in the code today even though they might come before you at a future public hearing um, an example i'll give is the Wellsprings conversion of la, la quinta again we're not having the formal public hearing for them tonight but that'll be a use by special review they've already applied uh, they're converting it to 42 units um, that's an interesting example where Under the current code, because they're mostly studio and one-bedroom units, uh, for their 42 units, they're required 66 parking spaces. Under the proposal tonight, they would be required 84. There are not 84 parking spaces on that lot. Uh, That requirement that we're considering tonight uh, would effectively make that current proposal not possible. As this proposal is written tonight, there's no variance option for council to consider a variance at the time of a use by special review or site development plan, but that is something you could consider. But I recognize the example I gave, which is on the, the next slide of the 200 unit, which is a very typical suburban mix of uh, mostly two bedroom units and with some ones and threes. Uh, the change to the regular municipal code just showed that seven units, which um, uh, you all had mentioned and pointed out at previous meetings. But on a smaller scale project, it might have a larger impact. So again, for the Wellsprings La Quinta site, which is currently under the re- current regulations, um, the proposed code would require 18 additional spots uh, for that project moving forward. So with that said, um, that's really the summary of the uh, presentation. I know I've spoken before you guys multiple times on this topic. Um, Again, this chart shows uh, for this one specific 200 unit example, how the current code sections highlighted in the blue boxes are proposed to be changed uh, to the areas in the green boxes. And then I've got a straightforward motion uh, to approve the ordinances introduced by title. And then alternatively, you could put conditions on it uh, that we could make changes to before we bring it back for second reading. So I'm happy to answer any questions you might have.
1: Yes, uh, there's the floor for a question.
8: Uh, is this something, Tara, that we could move forward with and, and
32: exempt Wellspring from? Well Wellsprings is exempted today because they're an active okay. application that came in under the oh, current right. regulations. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was really clear that moving forward if you had another similar project um, like that one, it would not be feasible in their mind in the future. Thank you for that clarification.
11: Councilmember Dietz? Yeah hey, uh, Tara, please what were the other ones again? Could you just list them for me please?
32: Oh, that are active applications? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Well Springs one for sure. Uh, The Affinity 55 plus is a senior living in the Meadows um, filing 17 area. I need to reconfirm Meadows has vested Uh, parking requirements, but I believe their senior parking follows uh, the town's senior parking requirements. I think their custom PD zoning requirements are just for the the regular non-age restricted. So that one is under site development plan and will be coming forward um, in the future couple months. And uh, they fall under the current existing regulations. So those are the two multifamily projects that I'm aware of today. Um, Okay yes okay and if i think of any more between now and second reading i'll bring those back i'll confirm
11: and second reading is going to come to us in july obviously
32: that's my plan unless you've got other things for the one july meeting on july 18th
1: any more questions for staff I have no one signed to speak. If he wants to speak, wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in the microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone calls with Bed Star 3 and state your name, whether you're a resident, non-resident, or business owner, you have four minutes to speak. Seeing none, we'll bring back to town council for uh, possible motion and discussion.
8: Um, how do you guys feel about, uh, I move to approve the ordinances introduced by title with the following conditions of any future, uh, use by special review come back to us like if we do get another project like wellspring or something like that down the road just that we have that caveat
11: and that would just be those smaller ones
8: yeah yeah
1: and just we don't something. need we don't, we don't need to to change the motion all we have to do is if that comes to us we can we can, correct even though a variance is not written in there we can do a variance is that right david
25: well what you will do is you will probably Find a project that you like. Um, it doesn't meet the parking requirements. It's infeasible for them to meet the parking requirements. And then we would create a variance process for that Good. through an ordinance. So it may be better.
8: I can retract it may, it, that motion. It may
25: be better. I mean, it, it, really, it's council's choice. You may not want to have a variance. Sometimes variances are frowned upon. It's like one code, one community. I, and I understand that view um but you may want to have um a, a variance process we did not write it that way you haven't directed us to um
8: yeah i don't want to be counterproductive I mean, you, you may want to just let, may this. just want to run yes. it for a
25: while and if you find a bunch of situations you don't like then you can change it okay um, I and mean, you can change an ordinance anytime you got four votes so um you may want to keep it this way and um and wait, wait until you see those examples. I, I, when Tara mentioned that, and I appreciate her bringing it up, I said, you need to let council know, because that's that's just a good example. Sure. But um, maybe, the, maybe that would have uh, meant they had to do what they wanted to do
1: someplace else.
8: Well, I guess um, we can cross those bridges when we get to them, I'll just I think I'll move a, to approve that, the ordinance by title.
11: Second.
1: And I can speak in favor, of, and also that question. Um, I think you're exactly right. We, it may not come back to us the same way for four or five, 10 years, maybe never. Maybe it comes back to us next year. Um, I think we cross that bridge when it comes to it. We, we, if a project meets all these different criteria, we can go, we decide to change that, uh, that ordinance if need be. I don't think we need to do that right this second.
8: Yeah, and thank you to your staff for your continued hard work on this topic. I know it was important to all of us to address parking in the future, so thank you.
1: There's a the first by Desiree LaFleur, second by Tim Deets. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cady? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Deets? Yes. Mayor Pertem Bracken? We'll skip him. Mayor Gray? Yes. Motion passes 6 0.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Tara. Number 25, Ordinance 2023 12, Ordinance. Can, I, can you
17: hear
1: me? Oh, we got you. Last one. And then we have some... Public okay. Uh, number 25, ordinance 2023-12, ordinance amending chapters uh, 10.16 and 10.20 of the Castle Rock Municipal Code regarding large vehicle parking and definition of abandoned vehicle. Magal.
6: Thank you, Mayor. Good evening, Town Council. So we do have this ordinance for your consideration on second reading. Uh, Do want to point out there is a change to the ordinance since first reading, so I'll get to that here in just a moment. Uh, But as you may recall, uh, we presented this AT THE PREVIOUS JUNE MEETING BASED ON INPUT FROM CASTLE ROCK RESIDENTS ABOUT CONCERNS OVER NEIGHBORHOOD PARKING uh, IN THE PUBLIC RIGHT OF WAY SPECIFICALLY FOR LARGE VEHICLES TRAILERS RVS THOSE TYPES OF THINGS RELATED TO THAT CONCERN IS ALSO THE COLORADO HOUSE BILL uh, THAT YOU'LL SEE REFERENCED HERE THAT made it so that hoas were not permitted to prohibit any parking in the public right-of-way so we have reviewed the town ordinances related to this and uh, proposed an amendment uh, that you'll see here summarized on the next slide SO HERE UNDER LARGE VEHICLES, YOU WILL SEE THAT THE DEFINITION OF LARGE VEHICLES WAS EXPANDED. THIS IS THE SAME AS WHAT WAS PRESENTED IN THE uh, LAST READING OF THIS ORDINANCE. HOWEVER, I DO WANT TO POINT OUT THAT uh, THE LAST VERSION OF THE ORDINANCE DID ALLOW LARGE VEHICLE PARKING DURING THE DAY. SO THAT WOULD HAVE ALLOWED A SEMI OR A TRAILER OR SOMETHING ALONG THOSE LINES TO BE PARKED ON THE STREET WITHIN A NEIGHBORHOOD. Uh, WE DID REMOVE THAT. So, parking those vehicles under this ordinance is fully prohibited in the public right of way in neighborhood areas uh, under this ordinance in front of you tonight. The other portions of this ordinance remain unchanged. So, RVs and uh, recreational vehicles are not permitted to park for any longer than 72 hours and must be moved outside of a 1,000 foot radius uh, in order to avoid a violation. Uh, the same provision ap- applies to abandoned vehicles as well. THE OTHER CHANGE THAT YOU'LL SEE HERE IS AN AMENDMENT TO VEHICLE LOADING AND UNLOADING TO SPECIFY THAT VEHICLES ARE ALSO ALLOWED TO BE IN THE PUBLIC RIGHT-of-WAY WHILE ACTIVELY RENDERING SERVICES. Uh, AND THOSE INCLUDE DELIVERY SERVICE CALLS AND THOSE OTHER ITEMS YOU SEE LISTED ON THE SCREEN. SO WE DID WANT TO BRING THIS BACK uh, TO MAKE SURE WE POINTED OUT THE ONE CHANGE uh, FROM FIRST READING. AND WITH THAT SAID, um, I'M AVAILABLE for questions and do have a proposed motion as well
1: any questions for Matt go ahead
7: this is relevant to me right now as a matter of fact so I'm having a fence rebuilt and they dropped off one of those big huge dumpsters and it'll be there for three or four days while they you know does is that considered actively using I'm assuming like Probably.
6: So I believe dumpsters are under a different provision.
25: D- dumpsters fall under a different code provision okay. in regards to construction. Never
7: mind. And
25: <laughs> we've, we've looked at that. We've looked at having some changes in that regard, but as long as there's active construction and there's not any like site distance issues or any of those kinds of things, dumpsters have just been allowed to stay for active construction sites, Right. Uh, which is sounds like what you've got, Council Member.
7: Yep. So. Okay, sorry, didn't mean to derail.
1: Any more questions for Matt? Seeing none, I have no one to speak. If anyone wishes, wishes to speak, please approach the podium and speak in a microphone. Online users may use the raise your hand feature and phone and callers and press start 3 Please state your name and whether you are a resident, non resident, or business owner. You have four minutes to speak. Thank you, Shannon. Seeing none, we move back to Town Council for possible motion and discussion.
8: Mayor, I move to approve the ordinances introduced by title. Second.
1: First by Des Floor, second by Laura Cavey. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead. Aye. Councilmember Cavey. Yes. Councilmember LaFleur. Aye. Councilmember Brooks. Aye. Councilmember Deets. Yes. Mayor Pertem Bracken. Skip him. Mayor Gray. Yes. Motion passes 6 0.
1: Thank you. Now we're moving back to public comment. I think I have four um, total. I'm not sure if everyone's here or not, but I will. Oh, thank you. CJ. Among that, we have six total. First, I have Andy Anderson. Oh, Andy Anderson? Nope. I have... Garrett Spreadlin. Sorry I forgot your name wrong. I
36: 5% so I'll that. Sorry. 5% phone. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I wasn't planning on speaking tonight, and I wasn't here last week, but it sounds like I missed. A whole lot of fun. Um, I wasn't going to speak tonight because I'm not someone who believes that being here to speak really changes anyone's minds. And I also have always been told by my mom that I'd be a pretty good kid if I would just keep my mouth shut. But here we go. I've been in this town for 32 years. Yep. I know you're all thinking, wow, he looks really good for his age. Thank you. Again. I grew up here in Castle graduated from Douglas County High School, did my student teaching here, moved away for a bit, school and such, and now moved back purchasing my first home just a couple years ago. I've worked for a number of small businesses in this town. I'm on the HOA board and I still work here today in higher education serving all 12 Douglas County high schools. My parents have been married almost 40 years and live up the street. And I've had a hard time that the voices you're hearing so that you can be the voice of the community are just the people in this room and shame on me for not being more involved and being present. It's probably no surprise to anyone that lack of diversity represented here was slim, white, older, straight, pretty much filled the room tonight. I grew up here all my life, and I remember when the movie theater was new, Sam's Club was new, Safeway was Walmart, Walmart, or the Safeway, the library was Safeway, just like those, I know pride and diversity is new. Having different people in this community is also new. Drag and pride is not quite understood in most places and clearly not here in Cass Rock after hearing comments earlier tonight. But it's also not my job to teach you, persuade you, or change your beliefs. The problem, or at least for me, is that drag, pride, the feeling of not being welcome in the only community I've always called home is a problem. Many of the points brought up are significantly skewed, which is hard to hear. I don't think Castle Rock has handled diversity well and is pivoting on this event. It shows when last meeting we're voting out drag, then the camping ban, it appears that everyone that's different, this isn't the place for you. Maybe not true, maybe not your intent. That's just how it appears to someone in this community. Out of sight, out of mind, I guess. I pulled up my Facebook from when I posted leaving Pride last year, and I said, a big step in a small town. This hometown boy was very proud to see an event in Castle Rock, and even better to be surrounded by good people. I talked to booths, including Comcast, signed up for cable, not gay cable, just regular cable. Um, And it's quite the type of event that people have worked their minds up to. I would guess slim to none of those who talked were even there. Here's what I ask. Let people decide what is best for their own kids, because they are their kids. And some of those kids need this event at any age. It's okay to be different even here in Castle Rock.
1: That's my time, I guess. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you, Garrett. <laughs> Renee Ruff.
3: Hi, my name is Renee Ruff and I live in the Meadows and have been a Castle Rock resident for over 30 years and grew up in Larkspur. I have four children and three grandchildren and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. The main role of government is to protect its citizens. The most vulnerable of these are children. Children should never be exposed to sexually explicit material. So I encourage you all as council members to be bold and take meaningful action to protect children. Have you all seen the videos from the Pride Fest last year? I have seen them and I can only handle just a few seconds of them because they are so explicit and vulgar. How could we possibly allow children to see these things? Please take action to make sure children are not exposed to to this type of sexual material. I am reminded of the verse that says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone was hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Matthew eighteen six. Thank you so much. I appreciate the, your consideration.
1: Thank you, um, Renee, I have, we have three left. I'd like to propose that we um, make time for these three more. That would be, we'll say, uh, adjourn at in 50, uh, 10 10. Um, uh, do I have a second? Second. Any further discussion? <coughs> Roll call vote, please.
2: Councilmember Hollingshead? Aye. Councilmember Cavey? Yes. Councilmember LaFleur? Aye. Councilmember Brooks? Aye. Councilmember Dietz? Yes. Um, we are going to skip Mayor Pro Tem Bracken um, for the Purpose of we need an anonymous vote, and he's apparently not here. So, um, Mayor Gray. Aye. Motion passes unanimously. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: Next, so we have Bev Lowry. Might be getting the last name wrong, but Bev. Okay. Next, I have Charcy Russell.
13: Thank you for staying up so late and allowing us this privilege. It was great to write to you all last week, and I appreciate very much that we have that opportunity to once again speak to you, even after having been here before. A couple thoughts. Last time we met, I asked if you'd seen the videos, and a couple of you said yes, and I sent them again, and I wondered if. You had had the opportunity to see them from 19 and from 22. Jason, did you? Were you able to see them?
1: We're not answering I can't, re, I can't
13: talk with. The, we're I,
1: not. Yeah, we're not doing that.
13: I'm sorry, I forgot. Um, a couple questions. If things are uh, proceed as planned, what will happen if? what you're proposing is violated, is there a plan in place for what to do? I just would like to hear eventually what, what the plan is. We've been told that if the performers engage in activity that's prohibited, that they won't be able to come back. That's what happened last year, or last year, and that individual or individuals are not coming back, but others are. So, I don't see that as a prohibition, really, because they can just hire different people or engage different people the next time. I also wondered about the rental agreement, um, the whether or not the new wording is, in fact, in that agreement, and if, in fact, those that have signed that contract are committed to that new language. I also would like you to think about jurisdiction. John Anderson made it pretty clear that it is in your lap. Uh, there's probably some dispute about that. But the man has a lot of experience here and he's watched a lot of things happen and he—that that is his assertion. If, in fact, that's the case, then it's your problem. You're each going to have to think about this. He also mentioned the $30 million suit that was threatened against this city. And I remember that. That's a lot of money. But you know what? They did the right thing, and they were all right. And it's something you have to be responsible in thinking about in terms of suing. Would you be sued? But I believe if you do the right thing, if you do what we would say, your duty, that things will work out and you'll take care of our children. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And last for tonight, I have Randy Mills.
37: Honorable Mayor, distinguished council, persons, members, men and women, I am so thankful that the air conditioning could keep up with the people count. Last uh, meeting, that was a challenge. And I'm grateful that you hung around. I wanted to make a comment, maybe it's a contrast with council. Council Bracken, when he opened up an open comment, I actually think this process is the epitome of our constitutional republic. This process of exchange and being able to share with you public, and for that matter, for you to share your thoughts and and, uh, passions on the dais. I so much applaud it. Thank you for giving us this opportunity. We're writing a story, are we not? It's a story. It's a story that will carry on in perpetuity. You're writing a story. I'm writing a story. We have a life story here. We have a community story. Many years ago, my oldest got run over by a much larger human on a ski slope and and had a scar across her face. And as a dad, I did exactly what I'm supposed to do, right? I rushed to her care. I tried to comfort her. Later, I would find out that I was so angry, so angry at my god, I would, I would literally curse him because my young daughter would not be a homecoming queen. But funny how he changes that turn. Eight years later, in the Douglas County Fairgrounds, she won Douglas County Rodeo Queen. and. And at a moment, that scar disappeared. We're talking about scars today. We're talking about scars that you can't see. We're talking the the gentleman that had the courage to come up here and testify in front of you about seeing pornography at an early age and how that has carried through his adult life. That's what we're trying to prevent. There's an easy path. I agree. There's There's a collaborative path here. We, we're pretty certain that we can narrowly run the gap, the trail, of protecting children in public arenas and public areas from sexualized content. That's it. We want everybody in the story. We're not trying to exclude anyone. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you, Randy. Uh, public comment is now closed. Time is now 10.02. I will set the motion to adjourn the meeting.
17: Motion.
1: Second. I have a first by Max Brooks, a second by Desilet Floor. Any further discussion? Roll call vote, please.
7: Aye. Council
8: Member
1: Aye.
11: Yes. Aye.
1: Council Member Brooks? Aye. Council yes. Aye. Thank you. Thanks for everyone coming. Thanks for the hard work by staff, and uh, thanks for, for all the public comment as well. Take care, we are adjourned.